The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. Oh, the showrunner for Picard, Terry uh, Metalis. So he came by the booth a couple times. And the, sec- the last time he came by the booth, I had a bat lift literally going through my head. He said something, I was like, yeah, I got a splitting headache. That's a joke, Land. I got the second joke that comes after the splitting headache is I had a bad date with a Klingon. Now both my holes hurt. <laughs> I think that's going to be the opener. Red alert. I'm going to say thank you for taking the time to join me. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I completely forget that this was happening. That's okay. That's it was a nice surprise, wasn't it? It was because I literally (laughs) have been the the thing I've been focused solely on since the Star Trek convention ended Mm -hmm has been um, getting my booth again for next year. Okay. You're starting on working on that already. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. So normally, normally at the convention, the Sunday, mm-hmm. the last day when Richard was here, um, mm-hmm. he would collect our tax checks right. and we would go renew our booth. Go stand in line. I'd always go first in line because I love my spot. I've been in yeah. that same spot since 2000. Uh, 15. Wow. Okay. So that's but, been a while. 2014 was my first official year. Okay. And I was in a aisle, like three aisles back over in the corner, hidden away. You know, like I could see the TNG guys down over there, you know, but I was sort of stuck in a not a lot of foot trafficked area. And I was like, oh, Okay, I get it. This is what location, location, location means. Yes. So I went and I was like, I'm going to renew my booth. Hey, can I have this little spot in the corner over here? It'd be really great because sometimes I have to use a mobility uh, chair depending on uh, my body <laughs> at that time of year. Yeah. Depends on how much I've done. It just, my body's always in a different spot every year. So you never know if I'm going to need the chair. Plus, I make custom ear cuffs. Okay. Okay. I found it was very hard to reach across. Yes. Like, you you reach this way, I'll reach this way, and it, then I was like, forget it. it. I need access and a chair and be able to, which was perfect because 2015 was the 60th anniversary, or was it 2006 or 2016? Um, 2016 was the 50th. 50th, yeah. Okay. Trying so to do math in my head. I know, right? <laughs> By the time 2016 came around, I had this nice spot, and it was the 50th, mm-hmm. and those ear cuffs, those custom ear cuffs, flew off the shelves because the Mac booth. Do you remember the giant Mac booth they put in the, the vendor's room in 2016? No, I, I uh, was not able to make it to uh, SDLV. I haven't been there yet. I want to. I'm planning on it. Never been. So I was so jealous to see everybody in my uh, Facebook feed with the pictures and talking about it. And it was killing me. I mean, should I've been going since 2004 as a fan cosplayer or whatever. Um, 2000, I'm going to say 13, no, 2012. I was there and I met the lady who played Admiral Machea. Yes, yes, Admiral Nechev. Yep. She crochets. Oh, is that so? 
Yeah. So she was sitting at her booth, just crocheting these hats and she had a bunch and I bought one from her. She signed it for me. And I said, you know, I dabble in the yarn arts. (laughs) I was thinking of making stuff for Star Trek and, you know, selling it here because I saw that there was a very lack of handmade goods. at I bet. Um, I wouldn't say Comic-Con or any of the bigger ones. You're going to find a lack of that stuff because they're plentiful. But Star Trek convention itself had a serious deficit of crafters and handmade goods for sale. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll fill that hole. And uh, plus the convention gets expensive. I mean, this was 2013. Uh And I think I had to like, you know, split a room with somebody, split all the costs, get the cheapest tickets I could on Groupon and scrape and scrimp and then try and put together costume. Uh, Yeah, no, it was getting so expensive. And I was like, well, Let's see what happens. So I spent the year and I made a bunch of stuff, Star Trekky things, and just started sort of experimenting with what I could make. Beanies, a lot of beanies. Uh, then I realized this is Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops! <laughs> and the only person who buys beanies in Vegas was William Shatner's wife for an Alaska cruise. <laughs> you so, sold one to William Shatner's wife? I sold a bunch. Actually, my employee did. Oh. Uh, I would like to note that they owe me eighty dollars. Oh, they sold her a one of a kind unicorn hat that went for a hundred. So, Mr. <laughs> Ms. Shatner, I was like, Mr. Mrs. Shatner, you, you owe me money. You owe I Mickey. You got it. I know you got it. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm not taking a check. <laughs> Lesson learned: I, I bought a label maker. Yes. <laughs> Everything gets labeled. Everything has a price now. I got to take the Ferengi approach and make sure that my employee is well abridged on pricing, et cetera. And now we have Square app too. I think we had it then. It just wasn't as, I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember if we used Square back then. It was so long ago. Probably but not. Yeah. So 2000. <laughs> So 2000, what was it? Before, uh, before you tell me that, let me, so this is Mickey Gunter and this is Beyond Trek Podcast for, and I wanted to, we're getting into this stuff. I love it. I've been recording since we got on, so it all goes in there, which is great. I like doing that. So that way, anyone listening or watching now knows who you are. And uh, so go go back to what you were, what you were saying. Yeah, they want to catch me. Like I said, it's at Make It So. 77 on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, I have an Etsy, but I don't use it for Star Trek stuff because CBS came and shut me down during the pandemic. Ooh, for making masks. masks? Oh my God. Yeah, I was making Star Trek themed masks. Okay, here's. They shut me down so fast. (laughs) I've got, I've got beef with that. So, uh, well, before I forget, Send me any of your like high res graphics. If you have any images, graphic, whatever you want me, picture, whatever you want me to show that is about make it so like if you have any kind of logo, poster, background, anything that you want me to show on the video, anything. Um, My business card, but it's a picture of Patrick Stewart. So I'm pretty wait- I'm waiting for that cease and desist any day. Um, <laughs> so here's. So when like 18 other companies have that name too. Well, who are they going to go after first? What they're going to do, they're going to find out each one from top to bottom, uh, what you're making in your business, start at the bottom person because you can't afford a lawyer. So, and they'll just work their way up. So here's the thing that I don't understand that I've got a problem with. I get the whole, 
intellectual property thing. We do not want you to make money off of anything we touch. We're billionaires and we don't want you to get a piece of any of this. It's ours. But the thing is, it's not like you can retire off of this. It's not something that is now I, I could be wrong. You could correct me. It's not paying the mortgage. Oh, God, no. <laughs> or your utilities. Or anything. A hobby at best. My therapist told me to get a hobby. Get it. Okay. So this isn't even a hobby. Oh, You're supposed is. to get a hobby. It's so, not even, it's one of three jobs that I have. Yeah. So I don't get it. Why would you get that? It, it's, it's silly. It's yeah. the little, the little person you're yeah. uh, nowhere close. Was, my Instagram got shut down as well. No. We had, I had an entire text thread message, direct messaging with Mary Chifo. Because she was buying a shit ton of my masks. Yeah. And wow. she, you know what I mean? Like we had this whole like conversation and little friendship, you know what I mean? Of like sales during the pandemic. And I was hooking her up, Yeah, you know, for every, like every two or three, she would buy, I would send her a free one kind of thing, you know, right. that's cause I'd given her a bat lift necklace at a convention before the pandemic had hit. And so she remembered me and I was like, okay, great. I'm, I'm now making masks. I've shifted everything to mask making. I made over 5,000 masks. I gave away most for free. Um, I'm a veteran. So anytime I had to visit the VA, it was just, I was just passing out masks. Okay. I, um, I would say like Oprah, but I think we have to change that definition now. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think being Oprah has been, is changing its definition to being less uh, gracious and, and, and uh, generous to being like, bitch, you just asked me for what? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm bro- broke, broke. Okay. Right. Heart <laughs> my castle broke. <laughs> Do I look I'm like the paragon of wealth? Broke. Um, yeah. So it definitely doesn't pay my bills. Like I said, all I was doing was making masks and making them look like uniforms and doing like a little iron on. This is all I made. This, this is iron on. This actually is my undershirt for my uniform. Nice. Okay. Wednesday. It's what Wednesday? Uh, for Veterans Day, I have to oh, wear a uniform. I have to wear no jewelry. I have to wear a blue top underneath my navel. Okay. For my navel blues, and so this is actually my my the one I wear underneath my uniform, even though it's for the Cerritos. <laughs> I'm never gonna open my top. All they need is this part right here. But when I you know go to conventions and stuff, or if I want to be like. Star Trek light. Yes. Your Rito's shirt. But yeah. To shut me down and my Instagram, my Instagram disappeared off the face planet. No appeal process, no recourse. I'm writing to people asking like, Hey, number one, I have a, a patent lawyer. I have a, a lawyer who specializes in patent intellectual property infringement, all that kind of stuff. My stuff is handmade. Like it's literally handmade. Mm-hmm. I've changed the design by at least 20, per, 20 plus percent, almost 30 now at this point. You have no reason to shut me down. Like if you were to go on Etsy right now and Google Star Trek, one billion things show up. Right. Companies too, mass production shit. Like not even like I cannot physically mass produce any of my items. It's just me. I'm just crocheting all day long or sewing. Yep. I, I do not have the capability of mass producing. I get my mom to make a few things every once in a while, but 
Oh, mom that's helps out. Yeah, that's, she gets paid in Netflix and love. So, <laughs> you can't buy love. This mass production. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of a bummer during all that. But I've never, in all honesty, Etsy never did well for me anyways, except for masks. I never sold one Star Trek item on Etsy. Ever. I've never, I've given out 5,000 business cards. Never gotten one phone call. Never gotten one inquiry. Hey, can you make me this? Hey, I'd like to buy this item that you sold out of at the convention, et cetera. Right. Um, the convention is the only time I sell anything. Really? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, I beg people. Right. Every year leading up to it, what do you want me to make? What do you want me to make? What did you like last year that I ran out of? What, you know, like I'll make a ton of what I ran out of the year before. Mm -hmm. a ton, I usually mean is a few that I can scrape together at the last minute because I always forget and I procrastinate like crazy. But this year, <laughs> this year I've already started. This year, um, we didn't sign up, sign up for our booth like we normally do. Right. So I'm freaking the fudge out because that was the big thing with this year's convention is that the Rio has been sold. The Rio casino and hotel has been sold. It is no longer going to be a Caesar's property. It is now going to be a Hyatt. Okay. But the gaming, the gambling and casino is going to be run by a completely different company. That is the strange. Hotel, the hotel will be run by Hyatt the gaming, et cetera, is going to be run by a completely different company because Hyatt doesn't have a gaming license. Okay. All right. Well, that's the money it takes to get the gaming license when they can just outsource to a different company. Yes. We've been at a, we've been at since the Hilton, we've been at the Rio. So 2009, I want to say mm -hmm. is when they shut down the experience, but the con I don't think the convention was happening there any longer. Um, I think we were over at the Rio and so it's always been a Caesar's property. So a lot of us who have been doing this for 110 years <laughs> are very high tiered with Caesars on, on purpose so that we can stay at the same host hotel. Last year it was at Bally's, which is now the horseshoe. And it's a Caesar's property. So everyone's like, yeah, let's do this. Even though it was much smaller, much more compact. Chaos, piss and chaos uh, was that convention because it was just tiny. But this year we were back at the Rio and it, everything was copacetic and back to normal despite this, the strike, which of course, you know, we all wholeheartedly support because without us, they won't have the writers either or the actors and they won't be able to get that third beach house in Morocco or wherever the f they want. Yes. Um, you know, like heaven forbid, I think <laughs> one of the biggest issues with the convention this year was they did use AI art. Oh, and like, ah, uh, literally the reason <laughs> why we have to look up their hobbies <laughs> and think about what they're working on. <laughs> this is why they went on strike. Like people can be so tone deaf. Deaf. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to bash the, the convention, you know, the convention throwers, the, the people who throw the convention. I'm sure that they were scrambling at the last moment as well, not knowing what the procedures were. It's an unlicensed convention. Okay. So it's the only reason why it kind of even went ahead. 
I have a feeling that uh, if this goes past the new year, Star Trek The Cruise is going to get affected. That is a licensed event. Well, it has to be very, very difficult to have events like the conventions or interviews or whatever it is. And you're pretty much shut down. Yeah, you... I, I usually attend Star Trek Day in L.A. Um, I was featured in their promotion for Star Trek Day last year. Oh, like I'm one of the only cosplayers in the promotion yeah. for Star Trek Day, and they Paramount had personally invited me. I was on a cruise ship. Oh no! <laughs> oh, you um, so you had to miss that. That is, I missed that. But I was really bummed because they did personally invite me more than once too. And I like, wow, I would um, pay money for that. I, me too. Like, oh my gosh, the one we went to the year before. So the year before is the one we went to where I was featured. They used footage from that to feature me in the commercial advertising Star Trek day, which again, every time I put Star Trek on, uh, you know, like Lower Decks had its premiere last night, season two or season three, season four premiere. Holy cow. Season this four. Is what, this is what happens when we only get like a handful of episodes. Like it used to be 20 something episodes. Right. For season, so that it, I, we're we're not we're like at the end of season one, in my opinion, honestly, or maybe the end of season two, because seriously, this ten episode bullshit. Um, so yeah, so you know, I go on there and I see them advertising Star Trek like crazy, and I'm like, yeah, you're only money maker. You're yeah. the only reason why you are you were still breathing to this day. Okay, we don't have ghost, you know, the ghost convention. We don't have Yosemite conventions or whatever. You know, like no. we don't have yeah, we don't have Looney Tunes conventions. You know, which actually probably wouldn't do bad. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. you get you get you get Michael Jordan to show up for one of them, and you've got a successful Looney Tunes. Convention, oh boy! Right? Like you've got one successful Looney Tunes convention with Michael Jordan. One, because they do have a good movie. One good movie. One. Um, yeah. I didn't see the second one. Did not even bother. I don't watch remakes. I don't watch lazy. Uh, I d I have not seen the sequel. I haven't seen is the. Is that what it is? It's I'm a sequel. Not, well, yeah, okay. I let me. I haven't seen it, so I probably should not be saying anything. But isn't it called Space Jam Two? Again, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's so much source material in history. Right that we could be drawing from like just so much sources, so, so much source material that we could be drawing from. And we yet we choose to remake, you know, movies that were perfectly good or make a sequel to something that was successful 30 years ago. Right. You know? like, come on, let's pick up a book. Let How about me... that? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Lord forbid. There's a book. Forbid you pick up a book. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, Star Trek convention has been. We are pre Google. Yeah. You know? And so that's why I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I love the vendors room. I don't have you, what conventions have you been to that you can. Well, there's this take? annual in Cincinnati. That's, that's where I'm at. There's an annual Cincinnati comic expo. And I go to that one. I haven't been able to go every year, but I try to go each year. I'm able to get a media pass, so it's like there's no reason not to go. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to to get that. Um, but other get, than that, get a media pass for Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take that to get. Well, it's not 
it's not just Star Trek. It's they have guests that are from all kinds of different sci-fi and fantasy properties. So it's not Star Trek specific. It's more it's more of a comic expo. It's more of a comic book convention. Uh, they've got comic books, toys, memorabilia. Those. Oh, I love those. My my favorite thing to do when I lived in LA because we have a lot in LA. The Long Beach Comic Expo, uh, Kamikaze, which is now LA Comic Con. Um, anime Expo, all the all the conventions come to LA area, Southern California area, Anaheim, etc. Uh, the All Stars show over by the airport was the very first one I ever went to back in like two thousand nothing, two thousand three, mm-hmm. maybe. You know, didn't know what was going on. It's just a bunch of actors, yeah. free stuff. You know, bunch of swag. Actors just signing stuff. You know, just kind of. I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I didn't realize what it was. And then we happened to, my husband, my ex-husband and I drove out to Las Vegas in 2004 and saw that there was a Star Trek convention happening. And we're like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go check it out with her kid. Went, I met Will Wheaton. Nice. Uh, yeah, we had we interviewed him on Beyond Trek podcast. He is a great guy. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully you get, uh, get a chance to check it out sometime on our um, on our YouTube channel but yeah that was I went to a lot of conventions in the late 80s and during the 90s now this was before the conventions uh, went the route of they went corporate basically they uh, you used to be able to go to these hotels I would have them in hotels around different towns I I've don't recall it's been too long I was too young I'm sure there was some charge to get in, but I don't remember for sure. That's right. Like the one at the, the Hollywood show. I don't remember paying money. <laughs> I just remember being in there. And I can tell you for sure, you didn't have to pay anything for the autographs. You just, you got in your line, you got your autograph, got a picture. It was fun. It was great. You had, you had everything there. Uh, now it's this whole corporate business thing where you charge out the ass for getting in, for getting an autograph. Lord forbid you want a picture because that's going to be even more. So there's there's nothing but it's turned into nothing but cost, cost, cost. And I think Star Trek was at a point where it, it used to be more accessible, I want to say, to people and to being able to have some time getting to know these actors that play their favorite parts. But now that you've gone this route, I, I think that I've seen photos of conventions, of course. No one's boycotting or picketing conventions. We're all still going. We're giving them the money. So they haven't like turned anyone away. But honestly, we should have had some kind of protest or something about going corporate with our Star Trek conventions. And now it's all about the money. I remember in, in 04, that first convention that I went to, I was so excited. We didn't, we didn't bring a camera. So we bought a disposable, mm-hmm. a couple disposable cameras. Cause it's 2004. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that goes way back now for the, for the young generation that's listening, disposable yeah, cameras. That was what we had. So if you, yeah, oh my gosh, like, cause I didn't have my camera right. to watch film for. 
you know, because we didn't have digital cameras back then, and yeah. our cell phones sure as hell didn't have cameras on them. Nope. This was not a thing. You got the technological boom, sort of like the Industrial Revolution, et cetera, has become, is we people don't even real. it's it's happening so fast people don't realize it's happening. Um, but yeah, so we American Monday, disposable. And I remember seeing Sam Jones, and I was like, oh, oh my God, that's the fucking, you know, yeah. and Splash Gordon. I'm so excited. You know, I love that. And I went to go take a picture of him. He's like, no pictures. And I was like, oh, okay. Whatever, asshole. Okay. Like, so I was like, okay. So then I do remember we did buy photo ops. Yeah. Right. And so my husband really wanted to take a picture of Marina. Oh my God. Next time I see her, I'm going to have to tell her this story because her and I have become sort of buddies. Uh, over the years, working conventions oh. and hanging out. And I'm going to have to tell her about how my ex-husband like, was dying to take a picture with her. He had such a big crush on her. But he wanted me to stalk her <laughs> in line, you know, like stalk her before she came into the, like, the little area. Yeah. Thing. So I got in Will Wheaton's line. Right? Yeah. And I'm standing in Will Wheaton's line, which is going across from the little curtained area where they bring in the celebrities, right? And I'm waiting and waiting, and he's in the line for her, and I'm like, okay, snap a picture of her. But I end up speaking and kind of making friends with everybody in line. There's some Australians who've been coming to conventions for 100 years. Like, I'm just making friends yeah. like I did, because this is who I am as a human. And I end up getting up to Will Wheaton. I'm in this line for 45 minutes. So at this point, he's doing his thing. I've gotten the picture he wanted. Very blurry Marina running by me. Yeah. Uh, not like I can check the photo. Um, <laughs> let me retake this. <laughs> Here, wait, hold on. Let, let me see how it looks. Uh, um, <laughs> and so I get up to the line and I was like, you know what? I was like, we're going to take a picture together. And I told, I walk up to him and I was like, hey, I've been in your line for 45 minutes. Right. I think it'd be really awesome if you took a selfie, with, took a picture with me. He's like, oh my God, you waited 45 minutes, right? He's like, for me? Yeah. And I was just like, well, I mean, it helps that you were kind of my coming of age crush in uh, uh, Toy Soldiers. Yeah. That movie? I've seen parts of it. I need to uh, to watch that. Put that on my list. It's such an amazing movie. And for girls, especially, I think it was a very... You know, it's an all boys military school. You got all yeah. these young, you've got a different different types of guys, the jock, the nerd, the, you know, you've got them all kind of meshed there. So like your entire type is type is right there. And yeah. Very coming of age movie, for me at least. He's like, oh, I've got a picture from that. And he leans down and he starts looking through his headshots and just being who I am and my unfiltered mouth, I'm like, I'm not paying for your autograph. <laughs> and what security should have been on the way by then. Somebody should have had you in a headlock, dragging, dragging you out of there. I was like, ugh. ugh. I'm not paying for a headshot. <laughs> Again, zero concept how any of this works. First, you know, zero concept how any of this works. Right. It's like, oh, no, no, no. He's like, that's okay. He, because I, I, I mentioned at some point, like, that he was my coming of age and that I thought he was really cute, you know? And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I just need you to write down on a piece of paper that you think I'm cute. And I was like, uh, okay. 
I'm going to spell this wrong, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> I can't write in cursive either. Is that what you wanted? I think, well, I can, actually. Oh, uh, I can type too. Um, so, <laughs> I got to my thumb. <laughs> so, you know, he starts to sign it. And he's like, make sure you sign it, the hot chick. And I was like, <laughs> Me? The one behind me? No, me? <laughs> And he's like, he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, I think Will Wheaton is cute. Signed, <laughs> love, you know, signed the hot chick. And it was just, it was just this whole moment. I was like, okay. And he signs it for me. And he's like, Mickey, you rock. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, I've got a show later with my improv group. You know, please come by and see it. And I'm, at this point, I'm like, yeah, of course, I'll do anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like, Mr. Wheaton? Anything at all? <laughs> it makes me feel so special. It was just weird. It's weird. And so I was like, okay. So we went and saw a show. Turns out it was this group called the Acme Comedy Theater out of LA on La Brea. I, the show was the, the improv, everything. Uh, the owner, Travis, uh, is her last name? God, it's been a hundred years. Travis, who's now the voice of Piglet. Also, big gamer guy. Uh, they run a and d room with Will and everybody. Felicia, Felicia I, Day. Like that. I know Felicia Day. I know I know that name, but not... Yeah, I got to hold an umbrella over her head during a video shoot. You did? Oh. It's still very pale. And then I had to ask her to stop giving the, the pig a bacon burrito. I was like, can you not be the pig, pig? Great, thanks. <laughs> um, it's cannibalism. That's why you don't want to... That might have been their cousin. So <laughs> I met uh, Travis and Cass. Oh, Travis and Cassie Oates. So they're the owners. They were the owners of Acme Comedy Theater, where Will was a player. Okay. They're improv guys. He was in their shows. He did. He was part of their cast, essentially. And I was new to LA, and I was like, "Hey, I'd really love to take improv classes. I think it'd be super fun. You guys give classes. Can we do a work for class sort of exchange? Right. And I'll work the theater." And I get free classes. So I met with them and we worked it out and I ended up becoming like a huge staff member and, you know, taking classes and becoming really good friends with Travis, Travis and Cassie yeah. and, you know, and Will was there. They had a show on Saturdays and, you know, it was a sketch comedy show. It was hilarious. And then it was my job to introduce him to the fans who would come to see him. So it was like every weekend, it was like, hey, Will, this is Amy. She came all the way up from Riverside to see your show tonight. And then I would walk away and let them do their little little fan thing. And eventually, a couple months, 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 like six months into this gig, you know, hanging out all the time, just becoming part of this Acme Comedy Theater family, which was awesome. Um, I've met like my closest friends to this day were from that, mm -hmm. that convention meeting Will Wheaton, meeting the theater people and going. And I got the picture developed, finally, because he did. He took a selfie with me on the disposable camera. Wow. Oh, so who knows man. how the fuck that thing was going to turn out. Um, he, I finally get it developed and it's perfect. It's me and him and then this giant blank spot, like dark blank spot because the lighting and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, oh. Oh, this picture's perfect. So I, you know, copies doubles. And I went down, got a silver Sharpie, and uh -huh. there were two shows running that night. And I was running the box office. And I knew that between shows, he was going to come out 
And then I had to get right back into the box office to keep selling tickets to like Brian Cranston and shit like that. <laughs> he comes up and I was like, oh, hey. I was like, you're Brian Cranston. He's like, I am. I was like, seen you in your underwear a lot. This is before Breaking Bad. <laughs> so I am, I'm still amazed at how you were able to do all of this. I'm trying to, I'm going to find a picture here that I want to show you how you're able to do all of this with security around the handlers, the, you know, all the people that are involved and standing around these actors during this time. I think it's, this was 2004. There were yeah. no security. There were, he didn't have a handler. Pretty sure it was his wife sitting there. Oh, oh that's right. Okay. That was a little early for, for that. Way back. This is 2004. It's Will Wheaton. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And this is before he had the, he had the blog. Yeah. That was it. Gotcha. Gotcha. He hadn't been on Big Bang Theory yet. He hadn't, none of that had happened. I want to show you. Oh yeah. I want to, I want to show you something here. Uh, Now I'm going to put this, I'm going to edit it in of course. So it's bigger, looks better. For anyone listening, if you're only listening, please come watch the YouTube video. You'll love this. Okay. Yeah, put on makeup. Yes, Mickey, put on makeup. You've got to be here for that. <laughs> I'm dressed. I've got makeup on. So here's the here's the background to this story. This was 1987. Uh, let me let me put it up here. See if I can get it to. I see. A blonde-haired person. Is that Will? That's Will. Is so Will? Yeah, that's Will Wheaton sitting there. So oh, the Yeah, the, so the guy in the red shirt and then the uh, horribly-looking shorts, that's me. Oh, okay. So, hilarious. Okay, so in that was 1987 when the actors were going around everywhere doing uh, interviews, uh, just showing and promoting the series. And when we talked to him on Beyond Trek podcast, he told me how much they were doing, how many they were uh, places they were going to. And I just, I couldn't believe it. It was a ton. Well, this was at the mall at uh, Northgate mall. It's a mall here in, uh, in Cincinnati. And you could walk up to them, talk. Now I know then TNG hadn't even aired yet. So of course, they're not at the point, none of them are really at the point where you're standing in line paying 45 bucks to get an autograph or anything like that. This is way before, yeah, way before all of that stuff. Uh, so this was in 1987. Was he signing um, for the standby team? Was he? It was for Star Trek. They were promoting uh, Next, Next Generation. That's okay. all the actors were going around. Hmm? It hadn't aired yet? I want to say. It didn't come out till 89? Oh. Uh, I thought it was 87. Yeah, 87. That's Yeah, that's what I was saying, 87. And so this is a promo tour. Yeah, this is promo tour. Yes, okay. yes. I'm um, sorry. If I said 89 before, I've that's the year Batman came out. And I don't know why lately I've been stuck on 1989. Yeah. Uh, so this was in 87. This was promo tour. At that point when he was there, I can't recall if it had come out just yet. I, I want to say I don't think so. Um, any other TV show and stuff like that back then, they would have the actors go to malls and do sightings, yep. meet the people and say, hey, I've got the show coming out. Be sure to tune in. 
Friday nights at seven o'clock, whatever the case may be. And we've I lost. Yeah, I used we... to work in malls. Oh, you did? I'm also a product of the, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, so I grew up in malls. Oh, yeah. The malls were awesome. The malls were the place to be. If you wanted to go anywhere, do anything, that was the social place. You got to see some friends, everything. What made you walk up to Will Wheaton's table in a mall if the show, if the show hadn't come out yet? Well, that's the thing. I just... Fan or were you a Will Wheaton fan? I was a Star Trek fan. Definitely yeah. a Star Trek fan. And I just... I can't remember if it had already aired or not but i knew put, yeah they must have put something out it had to be the cast of this new star trek show at your local mall that's what makes sense you're right that's what makes sense because it's why like, would you be getting an autograph from him if star trek next generation hadn't happened yet giant and stand by me fan right <laughs> and i like stand by me yes but that's not what he was there for uh or so, yeah, that was, and I think we've gotten so far away from things like that. And it's a shame that the first reaction I had to you saying you had this, this talk with him picture and you didn't end up in an arm bar. And I got a free autograph on a, you know, a picture from Toy Soldiers. Yeah. But he also took a selfie with me. He came around the table we took a selfie and yeah, nobody said anything. Nobody with a disposable me. camera where so you can't. Disposable camera, no less. And I just like drove by shot Sam Jones for yelling at me for not taking his picture. Uh, Cause I'm, <laughs> cause I'm kind of a rebel like that. Uh, I'm like, Oh, don't tell me what to do. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it now. I wasn't and before Dick. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, once I got the picture developed, it was hilarious because it'd been months that I'd been working at this theater. I even, Helped reorganize. I did. I did a lot for this theater. Mm -hmm. A lot. I mean, okay. I didn't make the benches. Adam Carolla, who loved <laughs> to point out that he made the benches every time he was there. He's like, you know, I made these benches. I'm like, yeah. We get it. <laughs> Told me, Adam. They're great. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, you signed the bottom of every one of them. Great. Okay, we know. So yeah, it's. I bring it. I run up to him. He's with our friend Margaret, and I run up to him in between shows with silver sharpie. It was awesome picture. Yeah. Like, well, well, well. I was like, hey, really quick, you know, can you sign this for me? He's like, yeah, of course. He goes, hey, this is us at the convention. It's like, yeah. And he looks at his sign. He goes, did you enjoy the show tonight? <laughs> you didn't. And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> like, sir, I've been working with for six months, right? And Margaret realizes right away he doesn't realize who I am. She knows who I am. And he is just completely blanked on who I am. Right. And it's like, uh, I have to go back to the box office. So I, I, I go back, I leave the pen and the picture in his hand and I go back to the box office he's running after me. He's like, because Margaret told him who I was. He's like, here's your picture. You know, here's your pen. I took the pen. And I was like, keep the picture. You'll need it more than I will. Yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe you'll remember me next time. And he never has ever since. <laughs> into it 8,000 times after that and he still to this day does not remember who I am. And <laughs> I have never held it against him. I am glad that he's at that level of fame. Yes. That he doesn't have to recognize me. Right. You know? Yeah. Fine. I just love that I have my, my Will Wheaton store before Big Bang, before 
evil will Wheaton before any of those things. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've got my evil will Wheaton story. Oh yeah, he had like worked with him for six months plus, and he had no idea who the guy was. <laughs> so I like, I love my. I, I mean, I adore him. I'm so glad he's at where he's at. I love the ready room. I think that is a brilliant idea. Um, I think that the people at Paramount slash CBS whatever have no idea what they're doing. Nope. No clue whatsoever. They, they're making the money. That's all that's important. They know what but they're to doing. Have, to be able to watch an episode of any any new Trek, right? So let's say Discovery. Let's go all the way back to Discovery where I was at the premiere for Discovery. I was at the premiere for um, uh, pretty much all all of them especially when i lived in la we got invited as cosplayers i'm in star trek the magazine you know i've got a poster with everybody's autograph it's amazing awesome stories of like when jason isaacs because you know so you going to the mall to meet will wheaton who's going to be in this new star trek show that may or may not have come out yet you know is one thing yeah Um, when we get when we were invited to the premieres we have no idea who's going to be in this. We're seeing some yeah. funky, funky Klingons. Yeah. We're like, okay, guess that's supposed to be a Klingon. Cool. <laughs> Is Jar Jar Abrams here? Please <laughs> <laughs> tell me he's not. Please tell me he's not. Um, you know, so we're completely in the dark. Yeah. Our dress, I'm dressed as a Hura. Uh-huh. You know, it's one of my go-to cosplays. Um, I love her. Um, and... We have no idea. Here comes Michelle Yeoh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mickey, real quick. Now, um, when, for some reason, whenever I'm talking, like your uh, voice goes completely like it gets suppressed down where you can't hear anything until about a second after I stop talking. Um, and like some of those things where you were a little louder, like it's suppressed completely. Just curious, what kind of, what kind of microphone do you, do you have or that you're talking into? Where is attached to this laptop? Okay. So it's the, it's the laptop, the like internal thing. Um, I'll try to. I don't have a separate mic. I have a separate camera, but I don't have a separate mic. Uh, that's okay. That's right. Um, and it may not come out that way when I go back and listen to it. I think it probably will because it's happening now. It's just, I'll just make sure that I don't say anything, talk over you. Otherwise, we won't get like the first second or so of something you say. So good practice for me. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, when I, that, that part, I'll, I'm going to cut out. So don't, don't worry about that. That's, that's okay. Um, now, I, I'll take it, I can also do what my mother always tells me to do and take it down on a couple matches. Um, <laughs> but no, like I said, the premiere was, you know, you've got Michelle Yeoh walking up. We don't know who's going to be in this. We have no idea. Yeah. You know? um, there's everybody on this poster except Mary Weissman because she just right past us. But we didn't know. Didn't know who she was. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be my favorite character ever. You know, because yeah. we haven't seen it yet. Now, what would have been fun is if they'd let us watch it first and then done like blue carpet on the way out. Yeah. Then we could have been like, oh my gosh, it was so, you you were married. That was you. Know, you. <laughs> you are, but you're amazing. You know, like that would have been nice, but it, 
it went the way Jason Isaacs was the best. I mean, here comes Jason Isaacs. You know yeah. how much? How 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 how? This is a YouTube thing, so I can cuss, right? Or, oh yeah, just we're not a kid show. Just let it okay. let it fly. Yeah. So he comes up, and I was like, oh, "You're Lucius motherfucking Malfoy." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's like I am. Um, and I was like, oh, right? So he signed my poster. Yeah. And I was like, may, may I get a selfie with you, please? He's like, of course you can. Right? <laughs> so I hold my phone out to go get the selfie. Oh, yeah. I accidentally bought the wrong Cardassian case. Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> but it uh, and I'm holding my phone out. He snatches it right out of my hand. And I'm uh -huh. like, oh. Jason Isaac's about to steal my phone. Yeah, or throw it. Like, what's up? And he grabs it. And I'm like, oh. He's like, darling, I'm not going to steal your mobile. I just know my angles. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes like the best picture. I mean, photobomb this entire time. My dude's in the background. I'm like, get out of my picture. Fucking go, get out of the way. And so the next year I run into him at convention. So now he's in Star Trek. Yeah. Welcome to it, dude. You know? Right. So where my booth is, I by the loading area. Hanging out at back. Here comes Jason Isaacs out of the one big car. You know, I was like, oh. and this time I'm dressed as Uhura. Or no, I'm sorry. This time I'm dressed as Guinan. Because though that's one of my favorite ones is Guinan. So I, I am also a traveling bartender. Yes. Oh, wow. You do everything. You do a little bit of everything. But there's there's me with Whoopi as Guinan. <gasps> no way. Or at the, at the 50th anniversary. Oh, wow. You know, she's very short. Uh-huh. Tall hat, tall shoes. I, I see her, yeah. And uh, I walked up to him again. I was like, do you, do you remember me? He goes, of course I do, darling. You called me Lucius motherfucking Malfoy. <laughs> I phone, ready to go, and he takes another selfie. That is amazing. I'm like, yes. The best part about that day, besides getting a selfie with Anson Mount, because I, I met Anson the same way, essentially. Uh, not at a premiere. I met him at the Star Trek convention in the back, and he was hanging out there. Kind of, there's only a little bit of shade mm -hmm. in this area in the back. I was like, "Hey, do you mind if I move some shade from you guys?" I'm like, "No, of course." I was talking to his handler, and I look over and I realize, "Oh my god, the most gorgeous, magnificent-looking man I've ever seen in my entire life is sitting here next to her." <laughs> I was like, "I'm sorry, my name's Mickey. What's yours?" He goes. I'm Anson Mount. I'm like, I don't know what an Anson is, but I sure know I'm going to mount it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bravo. Holding on to my hand, like, okay. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, what are you doing at a Star Trek convention? It's like, I'm the new Captain Pike. And I kind of give him one up and down. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I was like, well, you know, good luck. Welcome to the Star Trek family. I hope you like weirdos. And we get a selfie. Uh-huh. And ever since, you know, he's always super interactive and always remembers and, and all that kind of stuff. So that year with Jason Isaacs, Anson Mount was back there too. Then here comes Brett Spiner. Then here comes LeVar Burton, right? Yeah. And so it's Jason Isaacs, Anson Mount, LeVar Burton, uh, Brent Spiner, all geeking out on each other in the back of the convention. <laughs> because here's... Jason Isaacs geeking out on Anson Mount, Anson Mount geeking out on Brent Spiner, and Brent Spiner geeking out on, you know, they were just 
Yeah. All of them were talking about all the shows that they're in and all the things that they love and all the stuff that they've seen. And wow. they were just watching these four big major actors and LeVar Burton. Yeah. You know, who just, it's LeVar and Burton. Who should have been the host of Jeopardy? Done. This, I, it is a hill I will die on. He taught us how to read. Yep. I think that that should have been, it should have been the obvious choice. Should have been they, the obvious choice. He was beyond the obvious choice, but I don't call it whatever reasoning. Right. That they the people that they did. And it's not that I don't love her and that random guy who just happens to be really smart. Mm -hmm. um, she's a physicist I and mean, she went to college and she became like. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I know I'm going to butcher the name. Uh, that does not make a good game show host. Right. You know, yeah. he was already a host of a show that literally taught us to love reading. Yes. And he did that back. Mechanics for it. He's already got the, the personality for it. He's already got the enthusiasm for learning. Right. It comes with that job, not just the enthusiasm of people who happen to know stuff. I, uh, I agree. Completely agree. If you don't know it, learn it kind of attitude is what I think. And Alex Trebek was that way. My mom was on Jeopardy. She said he's a lovely man. She was? Your mom was on Jeopardy? Mom is very smart. Wow. Yes. We bought a house. It was great. We got a year supply of Tootsie Roll, too. Lasts about a minute. Uh, <laughs> we'll have some of the gas X, a life supply, lifetime supply of gas X. <laughs> and uh, we, we got a lovely chrome barbecue. Oh. So, Mom's okay. favorite story from that was that the makeup artist, uh, as soon as my mom sat down in the makeup chair, the makeup artist behind her was like, you're perfect, honey. Get out of my chair. Oh, no way. Really? <laughs> that is that is amazing. That and the muscle my dad pulled sitting in the audience because you can't even make a peep. Oh. You can't cough. You can't make any noise whatsoever because they don't know what's a signal and what isn't. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. There and you back and be like, <laughs> that could mean the square root of four is 18. I, you know, whatever, like it's, you never know what, you know, what a, a signal could be. Like with, um, what was the one with the phone call? That, uh, that was the uh, phone a friend? No, no, no. The one with the briefcases and oh, 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 oh. Um, oh God, what was that? So that show. I know that. You got a couple bigger. That show was interesting to work on mm -hmm. because you do not make eye contact with Howie Mandel. Oh, really? It kicked out an audience if you <gasps> make eye contact prolonged with Howie Mandel. Oh. Right? He is such a germaphobe, and this is pre-pandemic. Yeah. Him, D Delancey, Spiner. All of them, hand bump, you know, fist bumps, fist bumps, fist bumps. You're not going to get a handshake from these guys because even they know con crud. They know that people show up to these things sick and don't give a fuck. So even before convention or before COVID, yeah. Howie Mandel and a very large handful of celebrities are huge germaphobes. I get it. I, right. I don't, yeah. I don't want your cold either. Right. Um, I don't want to get COVID from you. So well, I yeah. definitely don't want to get COVID from you. But uh, someone had to call, they had to call the, the banker was calling and the contestant answered the phone. 
And you just see Howie Mandel hold his hands up, stand back, right? They shut everything down. They're like, okay. They shut everything down. They bring a whole nother phone out. A whole uh, uh, phone, completely. Brand new, just whole nother prop. They don't even wipe it down or anything. They just bring out a whole nother phone and they tell her to like, go watch. Dispose of this phone. Dispose of this phone or go clean it or something. Again, this is before pre-pandemic, so we're not available with the wipes and the hand sanitizer wasn't so plentiful, you know, as it is now. You know, kids, pandemic kids, you can see them trying to get hand sanitizer out of everything now. Yeah. The way they learned. That's Um, what they grew up with. My generation, you'll just see us undo a, you'll, you'll see us undo a phone cord. We'll take all the knots. We'll sit there. If we have nothing better to do, we will take all the knots out of a phone cord. I will straighten this thing out. I will unknot <laughs> this one. Natural curl. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Hoses. Yeah. You know, take a kink out of a hose. Yep. That's, that's, that's because that's how we grew up. That's how we entertained ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We didn't have phones to be on and apps to play and games that, God, if you had a Game Boy, it's because your parents were hella rich. Yes, you'd be the first kid in the neighborhood with a Nintendo or something like that. And we weren't even allowed—we weren't allowed in the house. The kids with the Nintendo in our neighborhood. My friend Cameron had the Atari. Ooh. And my friend Natasha had the Nintendo. Oh. And to play her Nintendo, we had to deal with her psycho brother. Oh. So yeah, those were our dynamics. Maybe a fair trade. Oh, no, I got scarred because of him. Oh, um, oh, man. that That's a guy that needs a forearm shiver. 80s kids running around, egging things, running from the cops, escaping through graveyards. <laughs> while, you, while at the same time, you have serial killers loose in your neighborhood. Yes, we'd be on our bikes a few miles away having an adventure. The parents were glad to have us out of the house. We... We could fall off stuff. We would do stupid, stupid shit. We'd get all dinged up, scratched up and everything. But that was just what it was like. I think I still have a rock in my knee. <laughs> Hasn't worked its way out yet. Accident. Um, yeah. And honestly, as an adult, I every once in a while, I'll look back and be like, I know exactly what my parents were doing. Nothing. Mm. Doing Nothing. They're binge watching, you know, they're watching whatever they're watching, yep. you know, they're probably smoking a little pot. Smoking some weed. They're hanging out. One of them might be napping. Yeah. But, you know, as an adult at the age that I am, that they were now, I'm thinking they were doing nothing. Happily, very happily to be do- undisturbedly doing nothing. Yes. And I get it. I get it. It's one of my favorite when someone's like, oh, what are you doing today? I'm like, nothing. Nothing. I'm keeping it that way. And I and those are those are literally my plans because my nothing is very different than your nothing. Yes. My nothing is sitting there with a bin of yarn and a pattern, crocheting something, binge watching, whatever thing I happen to be on. There's new lower decks. So I be- I just finished that episode earlier today, which I thought was good. I'm, I'm, I've been kind of wavering on lower decks and what's that? I love it. It's, 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 it's such true Star Trek to me that it's just, it's a combination. It's like, you can tell it's by someone who's a Star Trek fan. 
you can tell Mike McMahon is a true Trekkie. The the little when you have when you put an Easter egg in a show and I have to look it up. Wow. No. So, you got a good show. By a true Star Trek fan. Yeah. Like, it is to me. It's like if either you or I had to look something up, that's got to be a good show. It's got to, you know what I mean? And there have been maybe like one or two things I've had to look up. Not like Strange New Worlds where it's turning into a like, when did this happen? Someone show me in canon when this happened. Yes. It's, it's, it's not that. It's th- not. Well, that's going to happen with any kind of prequel. It's not prove yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I actually have the musical from Strange New Worlds in the background because I love it. And it's like, I've got it memorized already. It's great. Favorite. But like every single time Nurse Chapel talks about how like sad she's going to be to leave the crew. I'm like, it's three months. We all know you come back. It's <laughs> canon. You're in the entire original series. We know you'll be back. <laughs> we know you're coming back. We know that Spock's going to hold it against you that you burned him hard. Because all I can ever think of is the Pon Far episode where he throws the tray of food out at her. Yeah, he remembered the shit she pulled on him. And that is a... Who gr- was for you? <laughs> no wonder. No wonder he's so pissed. You know, we can look back on that because she does. You can tell in the original series she pines over him. Yep. We know she's going to regret this decision, even though there's going to be Dr. Corby is going to get involved somehow. They've already dropped his name. Yep. Um, I think... Like we all, uh, all, how many of us had to go back and look to see Wrath of Khan to find out if Kirk knew about his kid? And isn't that amazing that we get Mandela effect on that? Because as far as I knew, he didn't know he had a kid. He knew he had a kid. He was he, he. Carol asked him to not be involved because his life was life of being on a ship. He was on the command track. He was going to be all over the place and she now don't know how old David was at that point where she, he, he could have just been born and she said I Jim love you but I want our child in my safe space world not in yours where your life is in danger all the time Except, I mean obviously uh, Beverly made the same decision without yep. consultation yep yeah, she just so, decided to to yeet with their kid. Like, nah, you're never going to know he exists. This could be a ghost baby. We don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, like, there was, again, and also going back to that planet where in the cage, Pike had had the flashback. It, you know what I mean? Like, it's amazing. Our, Strange New Worlds is great, and I love, and I'm glad we fought for it. And I'm yep. since the moment meeting Anson Mount, I'm very glad he's gotten his own show. I think he deserves it. Yep. I think the entire cast is wonderful. I think I met Ethan Peck um, when they first started doing that, and not just at the premiere, but at a talk show. And I got to show him that I have his face tattooed on me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then in 2015, I got this one. He did. Passed away because he did. Yeah. And stuff. Um, but the casting, it, it's kind of like the Jar Jar Abrams movies. The casting's on point. Now, just make sure you have someone who has watched every single episode and, and knows Star Trek like we do. Inside and out. The one's watching it. 
So if you're writing it, you need to make sure that you're writing it for us. Yes. Not for you and not for Paramount and not for any of them. Or some some mystery demographic that doesn't exist that they think they're trying to appeal to. No, 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 no. Like Discovery got a little out of hand with with the pronouns and having an entire episode about pronouns and stuff. We... You do not need to explain that to us. We're right. the ones who you don't need to explain that to. Precisely. Tell, do not need to take an entire episode to do it. When, like, at what point do they feel that, okay, I think our viewership is extending to the the right, the conservatives, the Republicans, so we should introduce them to this and this whole concept. No, they probably would not be watching anyway. And, we already know this, and here's something we talked about. I talked about on a uh, on another podcast is that should not have been done. They shouldn't have done that, and here's why: it's because when that episode came out, I think this was uh, 2021 uh, was season three of Discovery. So to do all of that, to have those discussions, is new. I was, I don't want to say trendy. I don't want to say woke. I'm completely tired of people misusing that, but topical at the time, what's that? It was topical at the time. Yes, it was topical. So let's be topical. Let's be on point. Here's the problem for TV at that time, 2021. Sure. Great. But you forgot that this episode takes place in the 32nd, 30, yes, 30 something century. So what Way ahead. So what you're trying to tell us is, yes, what you're trying to say is in the 1100 years that has passed from the the furthest of the timeline we've we've gotten in canon, which is Picard, and then to season three of Discovery, you're trying to tell us that in 1100 years, this is still a thing. We still have to explain this to people. Yes, you're still been around for how long? The original they them, and we still have to explain this. Exactly. So they they took something that would be cool to talk about today and didn't realize that would this still be a topic over a thousand years from now? Come on. That's where I think that the writers, they, they need to make sure. And I think they've in general done a good job about this. You don't want to be tone tone deaf on what's what's going on. What's going on. That was a complete uh, it didn't, it didn't land. It didn't work. It necessary. It wasn't necessary. And honestly, I get that you want to do something with the topical story. So what are you asking of us? Are you saying we should step out of the show taking place when it does and acknowledge that you're talking to us or are we supposed to think that that's still a thing? Uh, yeah, no, Discovery has never been relatable. No. Tilly was the mo- most relatable character. Right. She was real. You know, Lorca, that kind of stuff, relatable. That kind of stuff. Burnham, love Sonequa. Fucking love her. They did her dirty. Yeah. Broke her dirty in that. They, this, there is not one woman out there 
right? Not one person out there, let alone woman, who catches every break, every chance they get nope. is realistic. If I mutinied against my captain, there's no way I'm ever touching a captain's chair ever again in my Starfleet career, if I even have one. You would be know. you would be out. You would be gone. That's the gone. thing. Gone and court-martialed. I was in the Navy. I know what it's like. You don't just screw up like that and expect everything to go be all, oh, but it's okay. And we'll just all hold hands and run off into right. the event horizon together yeah. again. No. She caught every break. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, this is where writers disconnect, which is another reason why I like Lower Decks so much. Besides the fact that Anson Beckett Mariner is me and I am her and we are the exact same personality mm -hmm. and like they li I could probably sue them for intellectual property infringement because anyone who's known me for more than five seconds is like, yeah, yeah, you guys are totally alike. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, whatever. But I, that's why I cosplay her too, because I just, I love her. Um, and anytime I meet Tawny, who is the first Star Trek actress to be in the writer's room. And I think that is the absolute best step that they can take right now is using someone with her abilities and talent who is actually a Star Trek fan and put her in the writer's room because we're not going to get a Michael Burnham again. No, we're not. And that was the we're problem. A character like that who is so unrelatable and so unrealistic that it is hard to root for her. So I wanted to, I really did. I couldn't, I could not get on board rooting for her because she caught every break. You break up with your perfect boyfriend who happened to be a spy, who was genetically manipulated into being human, but that's okay because now he's a human again. So you guys are totally gonna get back together, but it's fine. And then you leave and you meet a new dude right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how that happens. Not realistic at Not all. Realistic at all. Jordy. Jordy is the most realistic character it ever will come to when it comes to dating in the military, let alone in life. He, the man catch a break. LaForge, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but LaForge was a nice guy before there were nice guys. Yeah, and it sucks because, again, he just could not catch a break. I was just noting uh, years ago when they made the emojis on Facebook, the different, you know, Star Trek characters and Jordy was the sad one. It's because he can't catch a break. Right. Realistic. His love life was just garbage. And it, that was so relatable, which is what I think. I think Gene had a lot to do with Next Generation. He did. He more than they wanted him to. More than they wanted him to. But that's... That's that. Here lies the issue with Discovery. You compare it to TNG to, or TOS. Okay, mm -hmm. so those old scientists. Let's go back to those old scientists. Yep. Let's go back to the original series. Um, when they were addressing topical conversations that were happening during the 1960s, late 60s, right, and that it had been happening up to that point in the 60s, interracial stuff, uh, having a Russian on the, you know, the Cold War. Um, yeah, a Russian on a American show. You know, may this be your final battlefield? Yeah. Or something like it's maybe something like that. It was know. let that be your last battlefield. You're talking about the yeah, the half black, half white race. Yeah. The uh, so yeah, the half yes, which again, awesome episode. One of my favorites ever. Again, I have a piece of artwork behind me that depicts it, mm -hmm. and it's because there were race relations being dealt with in the '60s. 
obviously. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're still dealing with them now. They could literally redo that episode and it would still make the exact same point that it made back then was that even after 2,000 years of fighting, planets destroyed, lives destroyed, people they know are gone, everything's gone, they still continue to fight. Mm-hmm. They dropped them off on that planet and they still continued to fight, even though essentially they were the mirror of each other. And the point of that entire episode was there's no fixing this. Exactly. You know, they forced, they didn't, he didn't force any kind of agenda. He didn't force any kind of uh, thought. You know, it was just that this is what's happening and there's nothing we can do to fix it. They have to fix it. They have to see what's going on because no amount of outside influence is ever going to change somebody's mind. We've already noticed that. And that's so reflective today, what's going on. So to do an entire episode, a woke episode, the number one makes us liberals look awful for trying to push the woke agenda on them by literally making an entire episode forcing pronouns and stuff that should not have to be explained. What do you say? 1100, 1100 years later, 1100 years. Uh, let's see. They uh, departed in 2252, somewhere around there, but yeah. 90, they, or 90, was it, was it 9030 they made it to or 9300? It, uh, it was of year 3000 or 31 to, let me let me look it up for us real quick. Yeah, but I know so there was. But again, the point is, thousands of years later, this should not be an issue. This should not be a topic. We have other things to worry about. The whole burn thing. Ugh, so stupid. Oh my god. Um. Again, if you really it, it all brings me back to people who don't pay attention, such as Jar Jar Abrams. You never would have had Khan as a villain in a Star Trek movie if you knew what you were doing. And you definitely wouldn't have put him in an alternative universe, an alternative timeline. And you definitely wouldn't have had it played by what, Benadryl Cucumber Sandwich, who I love. Yeah. But when he is not. I've I've got it here. So oh, how many years? Star Trek Discovery seasons one and two uh, went from 2255 to 2259. No, it did not. Okay, I'm on a bad site here. Sorry. Yeah, I, you know, I did a Google search. Three. Uh, where did they go to season, in season three, where did they go to? Right, in season that? three, they went to 3188. That's what, okay, and, But there was a year jump. That's when Michael Burnham got there. Then there was that year jump. So, 933 years later. Exactly. So... Right. Thousand years later. Well, actually, and take go go back even more because uh, you've got 2023 or, or 2022, oh, which yeah. that's that was the the episode, and now we're in 3188. So what we're yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to say is it wouldn't have been a topic. 1100 years from now, it's still going to be a, a thing. Okay, in all fairness, 1966, 2023, who would have thought race relations would still be an issue? Who thought we'd still be dealing with Nazis? Who thought, who'd have thunk in a million years? My tree-hugging hippie parents did not think that in 2023, their their kids and their grandkids would be dealing with the same shit that they were dealing with. And that now they're, they're fully welcomed. 
it's not like it was back then in the in the forties where they had to wear hoods to cover their faces. <laughs> yes, they had to cover their faces, and if you even guys who they worked for. Yep. So you've got all of that, and Germans that didn't want to be a part of like we're not being part of this war. They're coming over to this country, changing their names and so forth. That was how much you couldn't be a German back then, much less a Nazi. But now you've got an entire side of people that fully embrace it. They can just be out. Standing in front of Disney World. Standing in front of Disney World, doing the thing. Yes, absolutely. Right now, and especially in Florida, well, a lot of places, but especially Florida, it is safer to be a Nazi than it is to be trans. Yeah. This is America. Yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah, it's been, I, I'm, I'm part Japanese. Mm-hmm. I'm half Japanese. My family were literally in, 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 in concentration camps. You know, they're not called them internment camps anymore. They're back. They're the, even all the museums, concentration camps. They're back. Of they yeah. So they're at, Finally, because we were conditioned to call them internment camps mm-hmm. to lessen the blow of what they actually were. Right, because we're not doing what they're doing over there across yeah, the no, ocean. No, we're not as bad as them. Just because we didn't gas them all. Right. Yeah, you can't yeah, call well, us that. We didn't gas them. Let's just. You might as well have. They were given inadequate health care. It's My a holding facility. I'm sorry. This, sorry. Say that again. My grandmother had passed away because of lack of, uh, my biological grandmother passed away because of lack of adequate health care during that system. My uncle was born there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just there. We have to go to a museum to see family photos. Yes. Wow. We go to a museum to see family photos. Right. Mm-hmm. Like these are lessons that we were supposed to learn to teach us from repeating that. Mm. I'm not too sure how history is repeating itself right now with all these lessons out there. We thought, oh, the internet will change everything. The internet will give us all the knowledge and and means to to explore history and know what really happened because we're only going to hear from the side of the winners. Exactly. We're not going to hear from the side of the losers, but now we can hear from both sides and yet somehow still choose to, to say, oh, well, that's my heritage. Now... No, that's not that's not good enough. You want an excuse. You want to just say it's because you're a racist piece of shit who would love to have slavery again. Yep. Say it. Just yeah, right. Say Say it. it. So we can judge you accordingly and then we will vote for the people, you know what I mean? Like, fine. But you're not allowed to act on that. You can say that all you want. You that's what you can want. But you're not allowed to affect how I live my life based on your beliefs. Mm-hmm. I fought in our military so that you could choose to believe in or not believe in whatever you wanted. And it wouldn't be pushed on you by somebody else. You know, if you like literally a lot of people don't understand this. The founding of our country is based solely off of slavery. Yes, it, it is. It has nothing to do with taxation without representation. That's bullshit. The people who threw that tea into the ocean were colonizers who wanted more troops to help take over more land, which is why they dressed up like Native Americans to do it. Yes, exactly. And you're absolutely right in that. uh, 
they were about to abolish slavery in England and that therefore it would have happened in all the colonies as well. And America was like, no, we want to keep our slaves. Yes, exactly. And that's why I have difficulty with uh, that, that part of discovery when let that be your last battlefield. And the, the episode that Kirk and Ahura kissed in, uh, what was, uh, what was, what was that? Yeah, Plato's children. Yeah, there, there was, they were under mind control. There was a conflict. That was the episode that they were not in control of themselves. That part was the whole episode and they made that happen, which at the time is what made it palatable for, for that time when there was rampant racism was that, okay, they were under mind control. It wasn't really them yeah, doing that. They were perfectly okay with it being sexual assaults. They right. would not have been okay with it being consensual. Exactly. Yes. Exactly what that episode tells us is that they, they, you know, these people who are so anti love and anti someone just kissing someone because they happen to be affectionate for that person. They love that person. Heaven forbid it be because they actually love each other. No, no, no. A black man, a black woman and a, and a white man would never consensually kiss in this perfect, righteous future that we're trying to imagine. It absolutely had to be forced sexual assaults. Of course. Be acceptable. Yes, of course. You're that... telling us exactly who you are. Yes. By not by by accepting that as an excuse for them to be, for, be OK for him to literally sexually assault her because they're under the influence of some sort of mind control and some, you know, asshole who's just fucking around, you mm -hmm. know, for his own amusement. That's the only way that interracial relationships are acceptable to you is as if it's forced. Heaven forbid it be consensual. Heaven forbid it's because they actually loved each other. Heaven forbid, I mean, which is not true at all. Oh no. But if they had built that storyline, that's what pro that's what they would have protested. It would never would have aired. It never would have aired. And the only reason why it did air is because Shatner and Uhura on purpose did not make one cut where they did not kiss. Exactly. And the reason why that aired is because they didn't have one take. They purposely up yep. every take where they weren't supposed to actually kiss and they kissed. In the last take that uh what they what they thought was that last take, um Shatner went cross-eyed at the camera like he he intentionally yeah. yeah he intentionally fucked it up so when they were in the editing it was like okay we, we have we have nothing we have to to use this uh and the same with let that be your last battlefield was that it was incorporated into the story this these people this race were in such a conflict and they destroyed the planet that's what the episode was about and again uh yeah it's not only destroyed up planets and such it's 2000 years later right and so and they're still fighting over the exact same issue in the discovery thing there was no it was that wasn't part of the plot it wasn't there wasn't a conflict to be to be solved not like the outcast that was the correct way to do it yeah the way discovery did it was just to pander 
they, they threw it on us. They tried, I think they tried to, you know, work with Gene's vision of talking about topical things, war, race relations, uh, women's rights, women's places on the bridge, et cetera, that kind of stuff, even though that was absolutely not what he was trying to do with it. It just happened to turn out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when Discovery tries to do that, they fail miserably because they're missing the point of why he was doing it in the 60s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We didn't have social media. We didn't have the the ability to communicate with each other like they do in, in space. And in, in, you know, in the science fiction show, mm-hmm. they, they had the ability to, to mass communicate, to get information right away, you know, all that kind of stuff. You would think that he would have had the foresight to realize, but with discovery, it's been episode after episode of them forcing some sort of thing through an episode instead of organically and naturally addressing the things that are actually happening in our timeline. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, there was the, the episode where all the kids got sick and once they hit puberty uh, and, and the original series, I, Gary was, I think it was his daughter. I think it was Shatner's daughter who played the. I, I I don't recall the name. I I can picture pretty much a whole episode in my head. Um, And every single character and they were all kids. And then once they hit puberty, they get this thing. And then like bones was getting old really because he was already so old and nurse chapel. The planet was basically run by, run by kids or at least the town that they were in. Yeah. Who once they hit puberty, this virus essentially turned them into monsters and killed them. Mm-hmm. You know? They could have done a pandemic episode. They could have found a planet that, you know, had, you know, was facing this, like every hundred years we have a pandemic. I don't know if people realize this, but every hundred years we have a pandemic. This happens literally like clockwork every hundred years. Um, yeah. like clockwork. And they could have, there's just so, there's so much could have would have should have with discovery unfortunately mm-hmm. i'm grateful to have been a part of the premiere yeah. and to have been along on the journey with them but are we still waiting for like a season five and nobody gives a fuck? we are waiting on season five the last season but i i'm not i'm not waiting i'm not anticipating i don't care once they leaked 930 years in the future you lost me. You lost me completely. <laughs> My favorite episode with Burnham in is it when she was high as shit. <laughs> I know she was going whoopee and uh, jumping Jack Flash. Yeah. I she was channeling that kind of stuff. To me, it was the best acting she's done in that entire series. I to agree. me, I finally saw the character Michael Burnham that I wanted to see, that I deserve to see, not some blubbering, over-emotional cries at everything okay well if you're gonna cry at everything you better show her fucking fist fighting the shit out of someone while bawling her eyes out because we don't just cry when we're sad (laughs) Cry when we can't commit murder we cry when we get something that's so great like meeting Whoopi goldberg dressed as her character we cry (laughs) yes no but to make it a, a weak aspect of hers yes to me was very very disrespectful as not only a Star Trek fan, but as a woman. That I you bet. can't play a strong female character without making her overly emotional. Apparently that's how you have to do it. 
And without knowing for sure, of course, I can't verify it right now. I'd have to look at some of the credits, some of the names. But I think you and I know exactly what the writing room looks like. And then those female readers, the worst part is there are female writers in that room and more likely because they like to say that. Uh, of course. They love to say, oh, well, we have female re- writers in the room. I'm like, yeah, but are you listening to them? We have persons of color <laughs> sitting here. Yeah. Like you've got literally a woman and a person of color and a woman who's technically a person of color because I'm half Japanese. So it counts. Mm-hmm. It um, counts. It, it counts. counts. I'm also Native American. So let's do that. There you go. Um, let's do that. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you know what I mean? We are, again, it's, we got us to get away from melting pot. We don't want a melting pot. A melting pot meshes everything and turns it into the same thing. And look at who gets to be the everything that is going to be the the melting pot. Which is what it's supposed to be in the end. But we can't, you can't have a true melting pot without the carrots being carrots and the celery being celery and the pork being pork or whatever it is, whatever you're putting in this fucking melting pot. It can't be all potatoes trying to make everything else potatoes. Exactly. And that's, you know, when they say melting pot, I'm like, no, don't you put me in your melting pot. I don't want to be a potato. <laughs> I'm a potato. Okay. I'm disgusting. Who would have ever thought to even touch me in the first place? Yet I'm delicious and perfect on the inside. Get <laughs> it to 45 a.m. on a Thursday. So, <laughs> With some butter on it and bacon bits and cheese. Uh, I don't sit there at 2.45 in the morning eating my avocado. Uh, you know what I mean? Like we don't, that's not what we want. We want diversity. We want infinite combinations and infinite diversity. You know what I mean? You can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. If you try and push everyone becoming a potato on us, we're never going to have infinite diversity and infinite combinations or infinite combinations and infinite diversity. Strike that reverse, whatever. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Itic. Exactly. Which is one of the best things to come out of Star Trek, but not the most focused on. Exactly. Still, something like that comes up. And they do an entire episode of pronouns. And I'm like, what a waste of fucking everybody's time. Because we do have, I do find it to be the biggest oxymoron, emphasizing on the word moron, when you've got idiots who are far, far, far right-wing nutbag cult members whatever you want to refer to them as yeah. the downfall, the, the beginning of the downfall of our democracy, yeah. you know, like Rome would have seen it. Um, you know, it only took them 250 years, but we can do it in half. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is the beginning of the end because they, those, and some of them are Star Trek fans and it, blows my mind because I remember it first back in like 2015 when we started realizing who's who. And they know every line to the drumhead speech. Oh my God, right? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Like, really? They go Spencer Garrett and they tell him how awesome his character was and how influencing it was. And yet they've got a not, you know, a Confederate flag wallet, you know, (laughs) Velcro wallet. (laughs) It's their heritage. Uh, On a chain. on a chain with like what is probably known to be a Nazi symbol hanging off of it. But they're like, Oh, it doesn't came with it. (laughs) They sold it like that. The Indians used to use it. It's not a big deal. My great grandpa's. Yeah, it is. 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, they're there. Right. No, they're there. They cosplay, you know, they will be the first to bitch about Discovery being so woke. The first um, ones, yeah. They'll be the first, to, you know, they'll be the first ones, but they still, and they're usually, um, I noticed that a lot of times they're big Klingon fans. Interesting. Yeah. I, I guess okay. I can a few see of them that. I know are like hardcore, just like that's all they're about is the Klingon life. Oh, because they get to do blackface. Yes. And that's another thing too, I've noticed. And say, well, I, I'm a Klingon. I have cosplays Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I've, done I've done Uhura. I've done Beckett Mariner. Not once. Does anyone know who I am? Because I refuse to go in blackface. Like, no, I'm Uhura. Yeah. Okay. Hair, earrings, outfit. I am Uhura. Yes. Okay. Outfit, costume, the works, Guinan, giant hat. I am Guinan. I am just also respectful enough to know that I can play a character I really enjoy without having to change my skin tone to do so. Yeah. I'm playing the character, not the actress. Could you imagine having been tone deaf on that? You just wanted the immersion. Like, okay, I really need to look like Aurora and then walk into a convention and basically blackface. Hey, you want a selfie? Wait a minute. Why are you approaching me with the word security on your shirt? (laughs) Excuse me. Get off me. Hey, that's my bat lift, sir. Um, (laughs) uh, No, you know, exactly. Like, it's just my cousin made a Klingon costume. She made the ridges to match her skin tone. Yes. Yeah. And she looked amazing. Mm -hmm. Looked amazing. Um, I know my friend Dan does it too, but he doesn't, they don't go full blackface, but I do think Klingons give some people an excuse to go full blackface. And the fact that, again, it's 2023. And a little toner. 2024. Yeah, little little toner, but, but you know. I go Ferengi. Yeah. I go full Ferengi. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I orange up my skin. Sure. Because we don't have a problem with orange people. Because we don't have a problem with orange people because there's no such thing. Well, there is, but we don't like the one. Um, <laughs> You're going to get my show canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but okay, I think this might be the last ever episode of Beyond Track Podcast. <laughs> we went beyond. We went way beyond. We went far beyond. We sure as hell went beyond. Well, I hope that doesn't happen because that, that would that would make me very sad. Um, I'd be sad too. Like with certain topics, and I think that with bringing this all back with yeah. original the original series, these were topics that had to be spoken about. Yes, people. And I genuinely believe that that's discoveries. That was their intention was to talk about a topic that was very topical at the time, right? Mm-hmm. It just felt really forced. Mm-hmm. It just, I feel like there was a much, I think, I think they addressed it. I think that they had, had already addressed the whole issue way ahead of time when we first got introduced to blue and to those two characters and mm-hmm. the whole trill thing and the non-binary stuff. That to me was introduction enough to have to go into huge depth about why and all this stuff was not necessary at all. And maybe it was them trying to main to maintain the conservative viewers and the conservative Star Trek fans 
to say like, hey, we're going to take an entire episode to try and explain this to you like children. <laughs> and if you still don't get it after that and choose to be a Star Trek fan, then that's on you. Exactly. You be you. You know, but it was unnecessary. Right. Because I'm going to say that 98% of Star Trek fans are completely aware of what's going on in our world, who were probably very involved in what's going on in our world. And it was already addressed correctly in the outcast we we, we're okay with that yes and yes when we first were introduced to trills at all it was completely addressed when you watch deep space nine and watch the amazing actress that is terry farrell she is brilliant playing so many personalities Mm -hmm. not just two not just three she's playing so many personalities in one character brilliance i never really got into deep space nine i really still haven't but i show shit out of anything she does every episode that she's in if it's like a dax centric episode episode. yeah i will watch the shit out of it because she's brilliant yeah conveying exactly what it means to feel like more than one person you know what I mean? To have those different personalities affecting your current personality, et cetera. The they, them could not possibly be more explained than it does with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so again, though, it's 2023. We still have conservative Trekkies. It and it happens. doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. No, it's that- not. It's not at all. I was just about to say a lot of them understand Yes. What we have going on in the real world, what's going on during Star Trek are completely different fucking things. Right. Totally different world. This is a TV show. I I know conservative Star Trek fans. I do too. You can, be, you can be a Star Trek fan, be conservative. You can, there is nothing wrong with that. It's, yeah. it's not saying that you can't be. It's just, I think what, what starts to get fans in a tuffle is, because Star Trek is inherently political and it certainly leans left. Um, it's, it's when you come in knowing that and dislike it for that reason. Or that you think it changed somehow. That's or somehow it's different. It's not. How is it different? It's, it's, it, it's been political since the get. Yes. It's been political since like, I'm trying to think if we can go all the way back to Man Trap, honestly. We can go. Yeah, we can go that far back. You know, if you want to go all the way back to the first episode that aired, now you really want to go far back, we go back to the cage, which is the, you know, the pilot, the original pilot episode denied solely because there was a woman who was second in charge. Right. But then they said it was too cerebral. That, That was the excuse at the time. They didn't like Spock's ears, and they didn't like that there was a woman second in charge. Plain and nope. simple. Right? I love that he still used that episode. He's just like, nah, I'm not going to waste good footage. I'm not going to waste the perfectly awesome episode. I'm going to put it in a two-part series later. This costs time um, and money. Yeah. Genius. Brilliant to use the denied pilot, though. Brilliant. To me, that's him telling them to suck it. (laughs) Norton, suck it. Because we're going to use this footage. I'm not wasting a dime. Guy was cheap as hell. Um, I'm very good good friends with Rod. So... (laughs) 
Because he told you it was, he was Gene was tight. You know, fiscal to the thriftiness of fiscal, his fiscally oh, conservative. You know, and I love Rod. I've been in his hot tub in a borrowed bathing suit. You oh, know? now that's so, a story. Well, because he's got a box full of stuff that's been left in his life. Um, gotta put it back. But I think uh, as a host with a nice with a nice amenities, it's great to have like mm. here's some extra towels, here's some extra bathing suits, here's some, you know, let's have a good time. You know, don't bring your own. Second, I have a pool, I will have extra bathing suits. <laughs> Second, I have a pool, I will have extra bathing suits because <laughs> I know that people will come over and be like, "Yo, you want to get in the pool? Let me bring a suit. I have plenty. Pick one out. Try <laughs> some on." Yeah. <laughs> you would like to purchase one? I'd be more than happy. No. <laughs> little Ferengi. I got a little Ferengi in me every once in a while. I do also cosplay a Ferengi. Yeah. You know, and I do go full Ferengi, which means I'm wearing sensor bars yeah. over my body bits because I go female Ferengi. And Armin thinks it's just the funniest thing he's ever seen. So he's yeah. running it on the cruise. Um, <laughs> if you're going to cosplay, you're going to cosplay. You're going to make it period specific. You're going to be accurate to canon. The first one I really focused on and put a lot of effort in was 2007. Mm -hmm. I went as an Orion slave girl. I saw and, pictures of you. Yeah. My cousin hand painted me every morning for like three hours. I handmade the costume. You know, I had inch long nails because I did my research mm -hmm. on Orions. Found out they were born with jet black hair. Their nails tend to stay above about an inch. You know, just all these different facts and like how... The Orions used what they had to get what they needed. And it was the way it got skewed in Discovery pissed me off. The way it got skewed in Enterprise pissed me off. Did it need did that need to happen in Enterprise? None of them did the research about Orions. Right. I honestly think that uh Lower Decks is the first St for Star Trek to introduce an Orion properly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone who understands, yes, they're pirates, all that kind of stuff. And yes, they did pirate to get what they wanted, but they weren't outright thieves and they were bar they would barter. Yep. You know? It was more of a barter system. It was more of a mutual understanding in commerce and you, you'll get something that you want, we'll get something we need. Yes. It was more like Rekka and... Uh, the planet they were keeping addicted to drugs. Uh, uh, that, yes, yes. I. Yeah. It's another one that I can play the whole episode in my head. Can't <laughs> think of the episode <laughs> name. Laughter out of my brain. Don't know the name, but I tell it. It's in yeah. it. Yeah, because first. Those are, because those are the episodes that stand out because they had purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. Those are probably one of the main reasons why, even though we don't remember the names of them, and there are some Star Trek fans out there in Trekkies who can name every single episode. And, yeah. Oh, at this, at eight minutes and 45 seconds in, this character says this line, congratulates on the big brain. Yeah. Mine does not function that way. We've had Star Trek, we've had continuous Star Trek since 1966, for the most part. Yeah. A lot of us only got started in the 80s, 90s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I always thought that a trekker was somebody who's been there since the get. Like someone who started in 66 and is gone is the trekker with them and Trekkies or those of us who picked it up after the fact. Interesting, because I've had this discussion about 
the trekkers and trekkies and the discussion that I had with it, because it's been discussed for who knows how long now, I don't even know, but I say since 1967. Yes. Right. (laughs) Here's, here's what I think. And tell me what you think. So to me, I try to define it. I feel like there is some kind of point. There's a deep demarcation line in there. And what I thought was if you started with the original airing of airing of Star Trek, the original airing, at least that far back up to next gen, you're a Trekker. After next gen, you're a Trekkie. The thing is, is that there's been so much. There's been over 50 years of Trek. It kind of seems like now it's unfair to say that only if you were involved in the first 20 years, are you a Trekker? But another way of looking at it is a, a Trekker is someone that is so deep dive, deep dove into a deep dive, deep dove, whatever, that you can do that stuff. You know, the seasons, you know, the episode names you can like you and I, you and I are Trekkers, even if we would have started after TNG, it's because we're so much into it that we know all this stuff. And a Trekkie is a fan, loves it or not, you know, they're in it, but they can't, they don't have those details, those very deep uh, references. They weren't in it that much, probably not someone that's watched every episode of every series, every movie, maybe even twice. So they're Trekkies. Well, interesting. Yeah. See, and I think, did you know, okay. There's another fun little thing that I I wish I'd made this one up. Fuck. Uh, (laughs) Pot of whales, flock of birds, murder of crows. Do you know what a group of Trekkies is called? What? Argument. Called what? Argument of Trekkers. Argument of Trekkers. Argument of Trekkies, Trekkers, whatever. But when Star Trek fans get together, it's considered an argument. And it's because no one can agree on one thing. And that's fine. And honestly, I think that that's what keeps us going in the diversity of Star Trek and in the in the the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. It's to keep your brains open and to keep being able to access information from other people and other things and other sayings and other terminology and stuff like that and accept it. You know, if I personally, you know, thinking about it was like, in my opinion... If you started in 66, now, yes, it's 2023. We've had 13 movies. How many TV series? Five in production as we speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know what I mean? Which blows people's mind when they realize that we literally have like five Star Trek shows in production. Well, or now I guess with Prodigy going the way of the Dodo, which was so stupid. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. do do you just want to burn money? Is that just fuck this we don't need that <laughs> oh god so the i was so stoked for an introduction to children into star trek me too from a different point of view and a different platform of just forcing it on them like i was doing with the kid i nannied yeah <laughs> <laughs> star trek and people like it uh, sit down you little shit <laughs> yeah. i showed them the episode of badgie and i've regretted it ever since oh god what well, you messed up yeah yeah i done messed up on that one because they'll run going <laughs> Am I, am I feel psycho? Um, but 
you know, to get rid of a show that would have introduced the younger generations to Star Trek, um, I think with this new show that they're talking about, about a Starfleet Academy, it's not going to be what we want it to be. No. I, I, I'm going to throw this out there now because I already know that it's going to take place in 93, whatever, you know, what, what, whatever year they jumped into in Discovery. 3188. No, no, that's not that. All, all that's going to do is a keeping Ari Weissman in a job. Great. I'm all sure. for the jobs. And I love, again, I love her, love her character. Not so fond of season three and four of discovery season four, three and four of discovery can kind of suck it <laughs> in my, opinion. uh, thank God, thank goodness we had lower decks. Um, to make up for that loss for me, at least mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think, but a Starfleet Academy show, I think we've all wanted for a very long. I've wanted one since next gen, uh, since the lower decks episode in next gen, yeah. it's the episode where will is at the Academy and they have, and I think Tom Paris <laughs> screws everything up. I'm not, I can't remember if that was the same actor or not. Or something like that. And they have that big incident. We know there's an academy. We yeah. know it's functioning. We know it's run. You know, we've got flashback episodes of uh, even Picard, you know, going back to the academy days. So we already know what the rooms sort of kind of look like. We've mm -hmm. already got a basis for an incredibly good base out of Marin County across from San Francisco. Right? Because that's where the academy is. Yeah. Across from it. Yeah. You look at any of the things we've already got the building blocks they've they've set set us up through canon to make an amazing starfleet academy show about the professors about the groundskeeper guy Boothby. that everybody was that everybody loves so much the tree even if it's yeah. not him maybe it's, maybe it's brisby <laughs> point one maybe it's when he was actually a cadet there yeah. you know we could you could take you could pick up starfleet academy from any point but to make it 930 years in our future is just you're just jar jar abering's and it and you're just making shit up as you go because you want to introduce introduce new characters and you want to introduce new aliens and right. you want to start it on your own canon for star trek i think it's a mistake and I'm, I, as much, again, I'd love to see Mary Weissman continue in her Star Trek career. I'd love all of them to, especially Doug Jones, especially. Yeah. Jones. Because if you've <laughs> never gotten a Doug hug, you have not lived. <laughs> My therapist prescribes them. Get a um, Doug hug. <laughs> get a Doug hug. He, the man will engulf you completely. <laughs> like he just, every photo I have with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, I want Jason Isaacs, Michelle Yeoh. I want all of these guys. Uh, the guy who played Ash Tyler. Um, um, Shazad Latif. Shazad, the man of my dreams. My God, I mean, obviously, I should be able to pronounce the name of the man of my dreams, but I love him. Um, and I would love for all of them to continue with it. The way the discovery went, they're going to. They're, they're gonna, they screwed it up for every single one of those actors to have an actual career with Star Trek. And that that bumps me out. That bumps me out. To try and do an Academy show, though, great. But can it please play, take place in a century that starts with a two? Please? You I, know? I think 
You're right, but I think they. They. Mm, I just I agree with you. I, you're totally right. They could have if they were. I was about to say they're probably trying to avoid canon issues by having it uh, take place anywhere else, but after during or after uh, Picard and getting clear of there is you cannot complain about anything with canon it is we're not doing prequels yes we get to do whatever we want yeah no they're jar jar aver and say it yes and they want to just be able to make up whatever they want to make up yep. and go with the direction they want to go with any regard to canon. I get it. Jar Jar Abrams messed it up by doing Khan as a villain in Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. Never been there. Sitting there, Ben drove cucumber sandwiches like, oh, I'm Khan. And they're like, who? Who? <laughs> That's the backstory, Khan. We don't know who you are. Have you seen one of us ever pick up a book? No. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't have Space Seed. If we didn't have Space Seed, this didn't happen. We don't know who you are. That reveal was for the fans, not for the scene. And they were hoping for one of those like theatrical reveals where everyone's like, oh. <laughs> you know, where it was all, boo. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, who? That's the people who walked out. Oh my God. And I'm pawned. They're like, fuck this. <laughs> you could have made up a new villain. You could have come up with any, any other. The most Star Trek thing about that movie was when he referenced the 72 survivors. Yes. That's it. That was literally the most Star Trek thing in that entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even, I, I think I watched Beyond the next movie. Yep. Yeah. Star Trek Beyond. Broke the prime directive by coming out of the ocean i was like y'all do not ever watch star trek do you yeah the coming out of the ocean was uh, into darkness have you ever watched star trek um i know he wanted star wars jar jar never wanted star trek he right. always wanted star wars i met joss wheaton who i don't i i think there was some controversy about him being a total douchebag on set and misogynistic and and all that kind of stuff Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think something had come out, but like you're hanging out with Felicia Day at the Renaissance Fair in LA, so it couldn't have been that bad of blood. Yeah. Saying, like, you know, this is years after Firefly and uh, Dollhouse and all the other, you know, Joss Wheaton stuff. And all of a sudden, you guys are hanging out at a Renaissance Fair. It can't be that, you know, not to, not to say I don't believe victims and stuff like that, but obviously you didn't have that horrible of a relationship with him. To where you're not willing to hang out with him on a personal basis. Exactly. When I ran into him at Renfair, I was dressed as Captain America. <laughs> yeah. But I showed him my tattoos. You know, I got the Spock one on this one. I've got the Enterprise over here and stuff. And I was like, you, you should have been in charge of my series. Yeah. He goes, I would have loved to. He goes, I would have loved to. He's like, but they didn't want me. And I was like, that's ridiculous. They wouldn't want a true Trekkie. You know, and like, have you seen the Orville? You probably have seen the Orville. Of course. All oh, the Orville is great. Okay. Yeah. So that's some of the best Trek out there. The Orville is some of the best Trek out there. Yes. Because Seth MacFarlane, who did a fan movie, a, a Star Trek fan movie in his basement at 14 years old on VHS. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and was in two episodes of Enterprise. Yes. Is a true Star Trek fan. Yes. He, he is absolutely one of us. He is. 
and he writes for us. And the difference, if you watch, let's say you watched all four seasons of Discovery mm-hmm. and watch all, are there, I think there's four seasons of Orville, three or four. I think oh. three. I think get a four. I think we're waiting on four. I think we're we're waiting on season four of let me let me look that up also. Either way, if you watch those back to back, you're gonna see more Star Trek in the Orville than you will in Discovery. And to me, until well, unless you count Discovery season two when we introduced Pike and Spock, excuse me, and number one and all that kind of stuff. Three that seasons. was great. Yeah, three. Okay, yeah. so we're looking for a four. We need a season four Orville. Hashtag, mm. you know, save save the Orville because obviously the strike is not helping that at all. Um, they were already in limbo before then being sold, I think, by Hulu yeah. and not picked up by anybody else because first they were Fox, then they were Hulu, and then they didn't get picked up by anybody, which is... It's Seth MacFarlane. He's a moneymaker. It should be a no-brainer. It, I mean... Family Guy's been running almost as long as The Simpsons has at this point. Just, you know what I mean? Exactly. And not only that, but his movie success. I don't know if you've ever watched the Ted movies, but completely I've, underrated. I've seen the first one for sure. I feel like I watched the second one at some point during the pandemic when it was all work from home and and so forth. You got to really sit down and watch the second one. Mm-hmm. It's worlds better than the first one okay there are over five so far all i've counted in the many many viewings of that movie there's at least five star trek actors in it oh good so you've got patrick stewart narrating you've got uh michael dorn playing uh mike uh what's it washburn uh cronk the i'm sorry what is cronk uh he's like super he's got like the jaw he played the tick Oh, 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 um, um, wash, wash something, wash Warburton, um, that guy, the tick, <sighs> right? Yeah. Let me, you're right. Um, uh, as soon as I see his first name, I'm going to be like, yeah, I should have known that. Um, hold on. Michael Dorn literally plays his voice. Patrick. Friend. Patrick Warburton or something. Yeah. Patrick Warburton. <sighs> love him. Love the voice. Love everything about him. Love that. In Ted 2, Michael Dorn and Patrick are wearing their costumes from characters they've played. <laughs> right? So here's here's Patrick in a tick, in a full-fledged, live-action, ready tick costume. Yeah. And Michael Dorn is wearing a wharf costume that is four sizes too big for him. <laughs> and it is hilarious. I'm going to have to watch this. I've... I honestly think that's the original headpiece that got stolen from season one. Oh, that one. Yes. The one they were never able to replicate that got stolen. Right. (laughs) I have a feeling that's the one sitting on his head. I'm definitely going to watch that. I know I haven't seen it, so I've got to sit and watch that. And like you got just, there are more Star Trek actors in Seth MacFarlane projects than there are in Star Trek projects. That's a great movie recommendation. I'm going to check that out. And Mickey, I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time talking with me. And we could, I'm sure we could go all night talking about Star Trek and, and all of this. And I 
wish we didn't have to stop. I try to do about an hour on these. It seems to be the sweet spot. <laughs> right, we've been almost two. We'll be here. We'll be here all damn night. It'll be the marathon. But hey, this is, I mean, honestly, one of many, many, many one of my jobs. I would love if one of my jobs was coming on here and just talking to people about Star Trek yeah. and that kind of stuff because I love it. I love it so much. My entire world is Star Trek because I want that. Well, I'm that. We're definitely gonna have to talk again, and I'm hoping I'll be able to get out to an STLV. So, and it would be nice to have like a kind of a live stream thing, uh, talking about Star Trek, and oh, here's a mask, and you know, go back. So many people do it, so I recommend uh, apply for a press pass, and then yep, you know, there's plenty of roommate threads. Yep, you know, all stuff. Um, I live in Vegas, and so. Um, I still get a room at the same hotel because it's just convenience. Yeah. But there's plenty of options and we always have a good time. And it's the same people, uh, shore, shore leave. No. There's the shore one. leave. Yeah. So what, what's the one with Dominic Keating and Michael uh, Connor Trenier? Shuttle pod one. Something like that. They're, they were doing live. Oh, the shuttle pod show. Shuttle pod show. I'm going to look that up real quick. I know, I know Shuttle Pod is in the name of it. Yeah. They did a bunch of live feeds from there. Uh, you got this one guy, Robert, who just walks around all day, who took my camera holder thing with him forever. I'm like, I'm going to need that back. <laughs> and he's just gone. I'm like, okay. Well, okay. Um, you know, they walk around live streaming all day. I can now uh, go live on TikTok. And so... Welcome to Shuttle Pod. I, I'm Connor Trinier. I'm Dominic Keating. Um, I'll probably be doing more live streams from Star Trek. Nice. And it was the Shuttle Pod. That's the podcast that Connor Trinier and Dominic Keating do. They did yeah. a bunch. Of, there was a radio show right next to me. Uh huh. Geeks, maybe, or. Well, something. we're, we're going to have to do that. I think if they're doing I'm it, we should you, do. And, I'd be, and again, I don't know if you want to cut this out of the heart, but I'd be more than happy to introduce you like to like William Shatner's personal assistant, Paul. Yeah, you know, he's an awesome dude. Uh, I would love that. Yeah, all the people I've made connections with and networking with, because that's another one of the main reasons for me to have gotten a booth at the Star Trek convention is not just to it pays my car insurance, right? You know, literally the Star Trek convention pays for my car insurance for the year. Sure, I wouldn't turn my nose up at that. Yeah, that's it. But it's fine, and I'm grateful for it. But the biggest benefit i've gotten from having a, a booth and selling the stuff that i hand make besides that i'm able to get my art out there mm -hmm. and have my art appreciated and stuff is that i've made connections with star trek actors and star trek stars rod and i are you know i enjoy being able to text rod and call him a friend you know i enjoy being able to run into marina Sirtis at these conventions and She'd be like, Mickey, I told you to get your shit together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, some crying over some boy or some bullshit. Um, you get your shit together. Yes, Marina, I'm sorry. Uh, I love it. You know, like to be able to run into these guys year after year and to have a personal relationship with them that doesn't go further than the conventions, of course. You know, like mm -hmm. I was buddies with Todd Statwick before yes. ever touched Star. Oh, no, he had been in an episode of Star Trek, but we weren't, we weren't friends. We weren't buddies. 
because yeah. of Star Trek. We were buddies because of conventions. Yes. Comic Con, D and D player, all those kind of things. And again, with the people from the theater who worked with Will, and they had D and D into that world. So me and Todd go way back, and he hit me up last year, uh, and he's like, "Hey, I finally got a signing agent." It's like not time, Deacon from Twelve Monkeys. <laughs> You know, like who he purposely threw in a red shirt reference, a Star Trek reference in 12 Monkeys. You know what I mean? So he is a true Star Trek fan. He's a hard Trekkie and albeit an actor as well. You know, we were kind of buddy, buddy before, before Picard. And he goes and hits me up. He's like, Hey, by the way, I was like, Oh good. It's about time. I I look forward to seeing you at conventions in the capacity in which I feel you should have already been there. Yeah. You were coming as just a patron. You should have absolutely been behind something with your posters signing shit. I've always felt that way about him. I've always encouraged uh, uh, him to get that done. And he finally did. And he tells me. And then next thing you know, I'm on the cruise and Billingsley uh, backs out. I will not be doing the cruise this year. Uh, it's going out of Florida. So there's that right there. Yeah. I'm done paying that much money for William Shatner to take a nap on a boat. <laughs> I'm over it. Uh, so John's Billingsley backs out of the cruise at the last minute, the day of or embarkation day, like deparkation day. We're out of here, right? Mm-hmm. John Billingsley's like, boo, no, not John. I love him. He's so funny. Right. Oh my God. In real life. You've talked to him on this podcast also. And you probably had to beep stuff, even though it's all no holds barred. We, we let it fly. The man gang gone grandma yes <laughs> we let yeah, we let it fly we were definitely not getting a pg rating that day i love him so much uh and john will come by and hang out at my booth you know and stuff during star trek a lot of a lot of people know that they're more than welcome to just come hang out mm-hmm. you know if they need to like rest their stuff they need a place to just sit and chill for a little while stare at my tits the whole time <laughs> <laughs> Spinning it one and two, you know? So <laughs> all good. I love him for it. You know, at one point, like John, my 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 uh, excuse me, sir. Up here. You know, my tits are down here. Stop making eye contact with you. Uh, and I text Todd, and then the rumor was Todd was gonna be on the cruise. I'm texting like oh. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so that's one of the main reasons why I became a vendor at the Star Trek convention, because going as a patron was one thing since 2004. By 2013, I was ready. I was ready to be here in more of a capacity than I felt I I should have been. Yes, I was known for my cosplays and all those kind of things, and I was glad for that, but I wanted more. And now I like to be able to run into these people, and they know me by name. I'm good. Again, if Star Trek was having a Star Trek day this year, which they're not, rightfully so. Right. No reason in having a Star Trek day tomorrow. Today is the seventh. So, or yeah. no, today's, T- the today's the seventh. Tomorrow's the eighth. Star Trek yeah. day. Yeah. Star Trek day. The it is the eighth. I thought mm-hmm. so. Yep. My brain doesn't function. September eighth. We all go straight to April fifth too. Right? Because April fifth is first con. Is April fifth first contact day? April. Yes. Yes. That is. April 5th. Let me double check that one. It's April for sure. You know when you ever do the thing when something comes out of your mouth and you're like, no, that's not right. Every day. Every Every damn day. day. Especially if I'm spelling something. Um, 
Uh, for, okay, so here it is. First contact day is Friday. It was on a Friday, so it's April 5th. Yes. So, Star Trek Day, though, is the first day that Man Trap aired mm -hmm. in 96, which would have been September 8th. Yes. So, yes. I do believe, though, that a lot of people who live in the Los Angeles area and Southern California area and in the New York area are going to gather at Paramount's and protest and get on the picket line. Which, That's great. In all, in all fairness, neither one of us are close. I mean, I'm closer to LA. I could take the four hour drive and get out there, but you will never see more Star Trek actors than you will on a picket line on September 8th. Ah, <laughs> beautiful. I love I, it. I hope, I hope it turns out and I hope the fans come out and I hope the fans turn out and, and don't make it weird. Don't make it weird guys. Right. <laughs> to support them, not get your selfies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really. You know what I mean? Like, feel free. I mean, if, if you see a celebrity taking selfies with fans, fine. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a sign supporting them, you, yeah. Why you're out there? Yep. Don't you take it as you guys are just out there to get a, get around a bunch of celebrities and not actually be there to support them in the cause that they're they're out there fighting for, which rightfully right. so. And if you didn't have us, you wouldn't have them. Without them, you wouldn't have what you have. Star Paramount is solely Star Trek right now. It is. Much else on Paramount that's offered on the level of monetary value that Star Trek has, which is, again, one of the main reasons why they go and shut down small businesses like me. Yeah. Because heaven forbid I be a drop in their ocean when they're mass producing garbage. Right. You don't want that. Oh, Lord forbid that that's what happens because well, people are still going to buy your mass produced garbage. Yeah. Us fans are still going to buy your mass produced garbage. That's We're all not a threat to you. But I, I myself making my, you know, little Trekkie necklaces. And You're the risk. Maybe. I'm your risk. You're the problem. <laughs> you know, I didn't even buy the shirt from them. I made it myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anytime you want to, you want to talk, we can collaborate. I'd be more than happy to, again, like I said, I've already started working on inventory for next year. Now that I was finally able to buy my boot. Nice. Okay. Yeah. She made us yeah. wait till September 1st. She made everybody wait though. If you noticed if a lot of people were starting to talk about it in the Star Trek, the experience or the convention experience group yeah. was there's nothing listed on their website about the convention next year. Oh, and it didn't get listed till, uh, yes, till the first. Okay. Or no, not the first September, whatever was after labor day. Um, which was this past Monday. Uh, so, so the fifth, it didn't even get listed. It didn't even get posted till the fifth. I wasn't able to buy my table till the fifth. Uh huh. And they still, if you click on the link, there's no information. We're not even 100% sure it's the Rio. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to definitely, I, I want to go. I definitely want to go. Um, I'm going to be saving up. I'm going to see if I can get some kind of press pass. I was actually in contact this year with the person who you would talk to about that. And uh, I, if I had been able to make it, which I wanted to, but I was just getting off of another trip that was... Uh, pretty pricey and it just kind of wasn't in the budget anymore. Uh, I would have had to still buy a ticket, 
but I would have gotten like a some kind of limited access media pass something. Uh, I'm two extra passes. I'm going to definitely do that. So uh, if if you would put me in pencil down on that. So uh, I can, I'll Facebook message, message you my contact info uh, so we can stay in touch because I definitely want to come out there and I want to do the thing, experience that level of a convention. And I think it would be awesome if you and I did like a, a podcast thing while we're there, uh, just make it more immersive while you've, you've got your stuff. So for sure. Uh, yeah, this is honestly podcasting and all that kind of stuff is something I would love to get into, especially if it had to do with the Star Trek world. Yeah. Stuff like that. The exact same reason why I started the booth to get my shit out there to make sure people understand, like, look, this is the art that I do. You don't have to buy it. I don't care if you buy it or not. I do just fine. Otherwise, my mortgage does not depend on whether or not I make good sales. It is just for fun. I would rather talk to fans. I would rather talk to the actors. I would rather hear their points of view on certain things that I have points of view on. Right. That are, like that's oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So that's and I think we're officially friends on Facebook now, so that's good. Okay. Uh, let me. I hope. I hope we are now. If I made it to the yes, yes. I have nothing to do with the press passes and stuff like that. Right. But, like I said. Every year, I tend to have extra access. That's excellent. Yes. Yes. I'm going to do. Yeah. I always, I hire one employee. Uh, it's usually an unpaid internship for some teenager mm -hmm. to learn the retail business. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll buy them something. What do you want? This year, he wanted uh, Adrian's autograph, the one from uh, Orville. He wanted her autographs. Right. There's 50 bucks. Bye. Yeah. Adrian Palicki. Yeah. Who's very sweet. Yeah. Very, 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 very sweet. Gorgeous. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's, that was his gift. One year, one of my best employees ever who unfortunately passed away during COVID. Mm. Oh, really he oh, was my best. He was a certified often authenticator for, uh, for autographs and stuff. Yeah. And so, his payment was I just let him go get autographs whenever he needed to. And then I think I paid for one with Carl Urban, who it turned out I didn't have to because he came by the booth and was like super nice. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> but like, hey, Mr. Urban, you can have anything you want at this table. Anything at all. Anything your heart desires. <laughs> Look at where I'm pointing. <laughs> I did the same thing to Terry. <laughs> um, was it Mathis, Matt, Terry? Oh, showrunner for Picard. A lot uh, of things. Yeah. Terry uh, Metalis. Metalis. If I'm pronouncing it right, that's what it looks like. It's pronounced. Sure. So he came by the booth yeah. a couple times, and the sec the last time he came by the booth, I had a bat lift literally going through my head. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I have." He said something. I was like, "Yeah, I've got a splitting headache." And he's just looking down, <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 look up. <laughs> Let the joke land because I've got like I've got the second joke that comes after the splitting headache is I had a bad date with a Klingon. Now both my holes hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an only a joke I can tell. It's the track. <laughs> oh my god, that's 
I'm gonna. I'm dying on that one. <laughs> yeah, usually on the last day of a convention or something, I do my bat lift through the head. I th- I think that's going to be the opener because uh, I the the way I do it, and uh, hopefully you get a chance to watch one of my uh, one of our podcasts. Uh, and I've been doing this especially. I'm a link to that. That's what I need a link to. Is to yeah. Um, so I've I've got one that I'm re- releasing tomorrow. What I'm doing is more or less going in order of who I've talked to and because of the strike and not knowing when we'll have content to be able to talk about, I've been building up a pipeline of stuff just so that we don't have that dip because that, that's one thing in podcasting is if you can get to where you're steady and I don't mean like the same day and time every whatever you do, like every week. I'm not talking about that, but if you can keep down any gaps that you have in content, like for example, it's not that you would need to say, okay, if I do release on Friday morning, 9 a.m., I need to do Friday morning, 9 a.m. every week. Or if I do release an episode, it needs to be on a Friday morning at 9 a.m. It's it's not that. If you can manage that, that's, that's great. But, um, what I, what I do is, um, so each, each week and I've, I've had several that I've done, but I will definitely tag you in it and I'll let you know beforehand when it's going to be coming out is, uh, at this point, probably, probably going to be a few weeks as I, as I go through and like who I've talked to, like the guy, um, that's coming out tomorrow. I've talked to like last month. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a few weeks. It's just because I've, I, I've, here's why here's the problem. It's because I'm trying to, to stretch out that content for us to kind of keep us going. Cause we don't know how long the strike's going to be. So that's one. The other one was I got a much higher response talking to people on Facebook who wanted to do this than I thought, oh, uh, which is a great thing, but it's like, okay, I'll, I'll message, uh, and what I was doing, I wanted to make that network of friends bigger into Star Trek because a lot of my friends were like, yeah, they are Star Trek fan. They're Trekkies. All right. They're Trekkies. Uh, they like following my stuff just because it's me. Um, and those that are Trek fans know everything I'm talking about. But some of my other friends or family like, yeah, we like watching this for you, but we don't know what you're talking about. Um, so what I started doing was friending more mutual friends uh, so that I could get more Star Trek in my life, get more uh, in the in the feed, more pictures, more interaction. So what I started doing was if I saw someone that looked like they did some unique thing with Star Trek or at least something that you could sit and talk about, uh, I would send that message like I like I did with you about, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? And the response I got to, yes, let's do that, was higher than I thought. And it's not it's not like I'm doing two interviews every day. It's just more than I thought. <laughs> so so, like, so uh, I can connect you with uh, Tracy Coco. I've, the two I've talked to her. We have an interview with her. her. Yeah, we we had one. So it, uh, the other thing I'll do is I will link to you a couple of our big ones like uh, Will and John and Tracy. Uh, Tracy was a lot of fun to talk with. Hilarious. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, she's funny. Uh, but what I'm what I do in the podcast is I'll have like an an opener 
thing and then goes to the opening credits. And usually that that opener is something that is not part of the actual talk. It's like the something that happened in our pre record uh, pre talk when I'm editing editing in or after. So yeah, that's that's perfect. That Klingon joke, I love it. Yeah, so, it's. I think there's a thing on TikTok of me with the bat lift through the head, and it's just like I had this date with a Klingon last night, and I woke up with a splitting headache, and both my holes hurt. <laughs> oh, and I got the best picture ever of uh, Robert O'Reilly holding on to the bat lift on my head. Oh, here's Will with his trectopus. Awesome. But those girls bought a Will, a, you know, trectopus. Awesome. From me. <laughs> and they brought it and made Will take a picture with it, even though he doesn't have one of his own. <laughs> because, again, all he has to do is remember me. <laughs> and right. Whatever he wants. Right. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, he can be like, I really did think at first a lot of them were just like pretending to remember me, mm -hmm. you know, but then genuinely they're like, no, Mickey, I know who you are. And it's like, oh, sorry, my bad. But yeah, this is Bob, Robert O'Reilly. Awesome. Holding on to the bat lift that's going through my head. That is awesome. With like the biggest smile on his face and the girl who was taking the picture was like, don't look so happy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is a Klingon's dream. <laughs> so, the bat lift through the head has been has been a fun gag. I've been waiting for somebody to steal it from me. Yes. Uh, I love ago. that one. <laughs> I did it for those the, the cruise. Oh, you did? Cruise is very, you know, every night's a theme night. Mm-hmm. Um, every night <laughs> so i like to do you know costumes that are themed anyways we can have a whole episode about costumes <laughs> i definitely want i want to do that at uh, some point too yes so i think that we're there's definitely going to be a lot of times we can do different things what i what i'd like to do because you were talking about getting into, into podcasting as well the the first thing that I can tell you, and it's, I work in IT and this is absolutely no criticism or anything, but if it's something you want to get into, I'd recommend getting a microphone, like a, a, a discrete independent microphone and not use the, the laptop thing. Yeah. Um, I, uh, a great, a great brand out there is, um, Yeti. You want to send me links? I'd be more than happy. Yeah. To yeah. I'll, I'll send you some to, to look at because I, I definitely did a lot of a lot of researching and looking into and things, and there are certainly very affordable because podcasting is so big. There's such a wide range; like it, it is so easily accessible. You don't have to have high end equipment like I do, I, because I'm just I'm me. <laughs> and that's it, a long it story. Honestly, it would honestly help with one of my other jobs too. Okay. Okay. So Again, I have 8,000 jobs because I'm a dragon and I love money. <laughs> I'll send you some links here and uh, it'll it'll be stuff that's like, yeah, these are these are good brands. There's a particular brand that we all use on our podcast. And yeah, so, yeah, I'll definitely do that. I, I do have to run. I have to make a make a phone call. My fiance's 
needs some help with something. And she, 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 she's like, are you done yet? I said, okay, I'm hurrying. <laughs> I already have studio lighting. I've already got. That's excellent. Good. It's good camera, good lighting. Yeah. yeah all of that. It's. I brought, I have three or two more lights in my studio. So I have an actual studio uh-huh. and it's just not Star Trek themed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. So I moved everything out of there and it's impossible for me to get comfortable. Like that's another thing about that studio is I love it, but it's impossible for me to get comfortable. And the whole point of me is to not be comfortable the whole time. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> but I get the lighting. I'll get the, send me links to any of the other thingies that I need yeah. to get. And I'd be more than happy to invest it in it because this is definitely something I want to do. Yes. And I, and if uh, time, time willing, and I know there's going to be other occasions, but I'd love to have you on again. And also with, uh, I was telling you about Big J's Beef, uh, there's going to be some times I'd like to have a, a co-person. My fiance and I do it a lot, but there are times where it's like, okay, I want to talk about this thing. I want to record this. And she's just not, you know, not available, at least not on my schedule when I'm trying to be timely with it. So, yeah. And yeah. I think, and if the three of us got together, we'd be talking about Star Trek for six hours. <laughs> Your fiance's into Star Trek too? Yes. Yeah. What's your fiance? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I was supposed to so many times on that damn bridge. You yep. would think I'd be okay right now. <laughs> I, will meet my pers- I will meet my person at Star Trek. Yep. If I turn into a gay man. Uh, or <laughs> I have an army of gay men who love me. That's awesome. Um, or I will meet them at Disney. Yeah. This is where I will meet my person. I will meet my person at one of my two favorite happy places. Yes. Star Trek. <laughs> and it's awesome. usually one of those like questions, like how into Star Trek are you? Like, I've never heard of it. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is not going to work. Out. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Good luck to you. Update you on 58 years of Star Trek. <laughs> Ain't, 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 we have to go 930 years in the future during this for some reason. Ain't nobody got time for that. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us at patreon.com slash beyond trek. We are Beyond Trek Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious Trek content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile. <laughs> <laughs>